You're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! We're talking about dirt, mud, blood, and guts. Can nobody the fiesta? It's The Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. What the hell are you two doing, Mike? Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. What are you girls doing up here? Mike D'Lo DiLorenzo. Yeah! Junaid Special 41. Daoud. I don't think you need to tell a funny pop if you got some of them little brandy on a little nub-nub or something or something. And now, broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's The Trail Show. Coming to you live from the Bobby Walters studio in Salida, Colorado's historic beer district. This is The Trail Show. And we are live at our Chafee County telecasting complex once again, ladies and gentlemen. Trail Show is a monthly mashup of all things trail and has been downloaded over half a million times in 150 countries across the globe. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide on iTunes, Google Play, the Stitcher app, and at thetrailshow.com. We've got a very special, special, special guest in studio. Let me hit that music and turn this music on. Oh, there we go. Here comes Bob Hope right now. Direct from the Colorado Trail. He was taping a special across the hall. In studio this month, we have Iron Mike Unger. Woo! I was going to hit the hip hop horn, but I, I Iron Mike wasn't yeah. that a movie about a stripper? No. Oh, you don't wasn't know. It? You don't know who Iron Mike Tyson no. is, Pod. But wasn't there? Maybe that was Magic Mike. I, I, don't, I, anyway. I don't know what you've been watching. Was but it Chan- Channing Tantum? T- it, Channing Tantum or whatever. I, I, anyway. Tatum. I don't know. Anyway. We're stoked that you took a few days off of the Colorado Trail yeah. to, to join us here in studio. We know in you'd Salida. much rather be out there hiking in the rain right now. Oh, I, I'm <laughs> so excited to be here and not in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> and we thank you in advance for taking over our Ask a Hiker segment. Yes, <laughs> that's right. We're substituting one mic for, for the other mic. mic. That's right. <laughs> All right. We got Mike on Mike. Before we set the table today, we have to give a tremendous shout out to all of you that have donated in the past month to get a one-of-a-kind trail show koozie. Oh, yeah. And for that, I am going to hit... Oh, yeah. Koozies are still in stock, and for a donation of $15 or more, you get a koozie and two, not one, but two of our world-famous Blood Orange IPA stickers. Donate now by hitting the PayPal button at thetrailshow.com. And Iron Mike's going to get a complimentary koozie for being on the show tonight. That's right. They're ultralight. Well, you don't have to pack it out, but we can, we can give it to you at the gathering, which, oh, by absolutely. the way, is at the end of September at the Keystone Science School. It's the first gathering in Colorado where, by the way, weed is legal. And <laughs> we just got news that Broken Compass will be donating some beer to us. We have some other what? beer coming from who always gives beer to the CDTC. Colorado Native. Colorado Native is going to give us some beer. Very uh, nice. We, there might be some Nantucky cold pops or whatever they're called. I don't know what that is, but it sounds delicious. You know, the one Dirtmonger likes so much. Oh, Montucky. Montucky. Some Montucky cold pops might be there. <laughs> uh, I'm getting everything wrong tonight. Uh, anyway. It's the it's last weekend of September. Last weekend of September. You can still register. It's Spaces Limited. Yeah. And... From what I understand, there are no more beds available, camping only. But My- come on, it's an outdoor gathering. Let's camp. Mike, are you going to be there? 
I will be there. Are you in a bed or in a tent? I think I'm in a bed. I think I registered oh, a couple wow. months ago. Yeah, you mm. living large wow. after the Colorado yeah. Trail. Might as well treat yourself, you know? I mean, yeah. you've been on trail. We'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. But I will say, even though beds are probably not available anymore, uh, the camping there is spectacular. It's going to be beautiful. It might be really cold, but that's okay. Just pack a warm sleeping bag. We're going to be inside, you know, snug as a bug, eat, drinking tea, drinking beer, drinking whiskey. Um, unless you're coming from sea level, please don't drink. So yeah, the gathering. Go register now. A L D H A West dot org. Register today before your campsite gets gone. All right. What are we serving up on the trail show this evening, POD? Uh, we got some trail news, and uh, I am going to give an update on the missing countries, but later on. Ooh. We're going to do a trail of the month repeat, which I'm pretty excited about because in our early shows, I feel like we didn't know what the hell we were doing. So it'll be really nice we to. Still don't really know what we're true. doing. True. But we're a more polished turd now. Yeah, good You know point. what I'm saying? Yeah. And our trail of the month is going to, to tie into the conservation interview. We've got some trips. We've got some tips. We've got a couple of gear reviews tonight, not just a tent stake. We've got, um, what else do we have? Clip, an audio clip from Special 41. Do we have an audio clip tonight? Yeah, we will. Sweet. And we've got some Ask a Hiker questions and... Some mailbag. We got all kinds of stuff. Tons of donor shout outs. Tons know. of donor. It, it could yeah. be hours of could donor hours. shout outs this month. I so mean, get ready. Yeah. Buck 30 loves when we give shout outs to our donors. It's his favorite segment. That's right. But before we get into any of those segments, we must get into Mike, Mike DiLorenzo's Beer of the Month. But tonight, it's Iron Mike Unger's Beer of the Month. <laughs> You're right. It is. Take that, D-Lo. You've been replaced. You've been... You're out of here, man. You can just sit on the curb and listen to Mike talk about... What what are we drinking this evening? We're having some High Lie from Cigar City. I was excited because I I live out in the Northwest, and I don't think we can get this beer out here. So I was very excited to find it at your local bottle shop. Yeah, it's just showing up in Colorado. Now uh, that Oscar Blues bought... Uh, Cigar, Cigar City. City. Yeah. yeah, and it's a nice citrusy IPA. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm having the the White Cracker, officially, Florida, officially, known, officially known as the Florida Cracker, but I like to call it the White Cracker, uh, which is what one of the beers that um, we had it last our good month friend too. Triple O brought last month, which I was so excited about. And then Disco, I went on a trip, and he very um, obediently saved two White Crackers in the fridge for me. Yeah. And then we found out that they sell them at the store just down the street. So now I can just drink them with reckless abandon. I like it. We should also mention we had some pre-show libations at our local brewery at Elevation. That's right. Courtesy of... Chicory and Ho-Ho, who are CDT, Southbounders, front of the pack. They came through Salida. They took a day off yesterday. I met them for a lovely coffee and pastry this morning at the local bakery. We had a nice chat, and they wanted to donate to specifically to the beer fund and so we went out and had some pre-game show pre-game beers yes on on that donation so thank you very much for that that was wonderful at elevation brewery at elevation should, brewery right here in in pontius 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 springs yeah pontius springs technically Poncha but Pass. it's all salida it's all salida uh, and i will be mailing them a koozie once they finish their hike and a shout out to thomas trip the light mcgee Yes. For also helping sponsor this month's and beer. And several months' beer, yeah, really. Yeah, big, big shout out, Trip the Light. That was a very generous donation. That's right. On. 
Okay, we should get right into news. And with all the news that's fit to be heard, Felicia, Princess of Darkness, Hermosillo, take it away. Okay, so starting out with this terrible piece of news. Uh, 20 wait, wait a minute. This has become somewhat no, of No, no, no. It's good. Oh, okay, it's okay, okay, okay. I mean, this story is terrible, but I, I've got some other ones that aren't so terrible. A uh, 20-year-old uh, lady from Pennsylvania was hiking up to Conundrum, Conundrum Creek, which is where Conundrum Hot Springs are, and she died at her campsite of high-altitude pulmonary and cerebral edema. Hape. I've never heard of anyone. Hape and haste. Hape and haste. I've never heard of anyone in Colorado actually dying No, from and she did everything correctly. It said... Uh, she was staying in Dillon. That's pretty high elevation. Well, they said town. she likely she likely started her feeling her symptoms in Dillon, but it says later on in the article she actually spent a day in Golden, which is what's Golden at six thousand I mean, feet or something, if that. And then she went to Dillon, which is nine thousand feet, and for three days. But three days. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, and then she went up to Conundrum Creek, and it, her campsite was at ten thousand three hundred roughly. Yes. She died that night that she was up there. But they said she likely started feeling some effects and maybe didn't recognize it as as altitude sickness. And, and this is the first case I've heard of like this, especially for a young yeah. person. Yeah. Really crazy. Um, so the article goes into some some cautionary things that you can do. And I, and I thought I might just highlight those. Because yeah, let's do it. Uh, a lot of people come out here to go hiking, and, and it isn't. I've never ever heard of somebody dying in Colorado from altitude sickness, but I mean, maybe it happens and we don't know about it, but here's a, a definite case. So they said to moderately increase your water take intake, but uh, Iron Mike and Disc and I were talking about this last night. You also want to make sure that you're not just consuming water. Yeah. So Gatorade, you can even mix juice in, but salt is really what you want. So if you don't have anything like that, make sure you're eating some salty nuts or some chips or some crackers, something with a lot of sodium, maybe a, a Slim Jim. Something with electrolytes. Something some with kind. a lot of salt. If you're experiencing symptoms, you need to go down immediately and you can just drop down a couple thousand feet and you'll feel a difference. The general rule of thumb around here is to get below, at or below 8,000 feet. Yeah. That's really where you're more safe. And they said if you think someone's dehydrated on trail, don't give them water. Check their mouth to see if it's parched. I don't know. I would say just try to make sure people have water and salt. And salt's the biggest issue here. If, mm-hmm. if, if you're getting super dehydrated, the water's not necessarily going to f- save you. If people are having confusion, balance, or breathing issues, especially if they're panting while sitting, you need to get medical attention right away. Uh, don't consume alcohol. And it's especially important if, you, if you're coming to do anything, even if you're just not coming to hike, they usually say on your first night, stay low and do not drink. On your second night, go higher and do not drink. And then think about maybe having a couple of drinks after that. And give your body time to acclimate. It's better to spend a couple of days at five or 6,000 feet, which is what this girl did. And if you're worried about altitude sickness, you can ask for Diamox from your doctor, which can reduce the person's chances by 80 to 90 percent so i don't know what the mix is if diamox has any uh like if you mix it with alcohol if there's any side effects but that's something you'd want to check into yeah it's pretty strong stuff it works but you definitely need to look into what the side effects are before you start taking it and then now these days in colorado in every single grocery store and walmart you can pretty much everywhere buy 
bottles of oxygen. Yeah. So and we're going to be bringing some of those yes, to, the, to gathering. the gathering. Along with our free condoms, we're going to have free bottles of oxygen. <laughs> so, it, we're gonna, we don't so Mike, you came from roughly sea level to hike the Colorado Trail, and you were one of the, the, the few folks that actually started on the Durango end as opposed to the um, Denver end. And, and in doing so, you go up to 12,000 feet rather quickly. Right on day two. Yeah, so you were saying, uh, we were talking earlier, you were saying that you definitely felt some altitude issues and, and, and lack of energy and like what? what yeah, happened? it was several days until I started feeling normal again. Okay. And I've been sick with altitude sickness before. I remember being a, a teenager with my dad climbing into the high Sierra and actually oh, wow. spending the first night vomiting and oh, that's just feeling bad. terrible. Yeah. You almost feel like you're seasick. Yeah, sure. And I felt better the next day on these trips. So I knew I was susceptible to it. Sure. So a few years ago, I saw a documentary on Nova that talked about ginkgo biloma yes. and how it can help ginkgo. with altitude sickness. Yep. And yes. they showed a bunch of, I don't know, like teenagers. And they had a control group that had placebo and a control group that, or another group yeah. that had the ginkgo. And yep. they took them up to Pikes Peak. And there was a real difference in effect. The kids with, with ginkgo, ginkgo it's a blood thinner, basically. didn't have as much. And so before yeah. this trip... I took a supplement for about a week, uh, which contained ginkgo biloma. Yeah, altitude adjustment. I'm yeah. not, and I'm, I'm not hesitant in like throwing that out no. there. Pod and I've been using this product for, for years. years, and the main ingredient is ginkgo biloba. Yeah, and yeah. so altitude adjustment is a totally natural herbal product, and you used to be able to buy it on Amazon, but now you have to buy it directly from their website, I believe. Altitude adjustment, or just Google altitude yeah. adjustment pills, you'll find it. And the recommendation is to take it for three days, two days before you start any altitude, and then you take your third dose on the day of. Yeah. But if you're going to be up higher than that, um, I would recommend six days. And I am not a doctor, but th- let me just tell you what my regiment is because let us have it. A couple of years ago, I went hiking with Ryan Choi up on the divide, and I was living in Denver, so I was at five thousand feet. But I knew we were going to be camping up really high, and we did. We camped close to twelve thousand feet for four nights in a row. So yeah, I knew I was, and, and most of the hiking was above that. So I knew big. I knew I was going to be feeling it. And again, I am not a doctor. Check with your doctor. But this is what I do. I try to take the ginkgo for several weeks in advance. I take the altitude adjustment for six days. The sixth day being like what you did, Mike, where you take it on the day you start. You can also take a baby aspirin every day for a month if you would like and actually a lot of for a month no kidding yeah a lot of patients who have heart issues mm-hmm. they take baby aspirin every single day or you, you can buy low dose aspirin same thing and, and it's a blood thinner is what it yeah. is and uh, there's some risks with taking blood thinners too like of if course. you if you get cut that there's there could be some problems that's what i'm saying check with your doctor i'm not a doctor and then the other thing i like to do is take sleeping pills because if you've done all of those things and you go to altitude, what happens at night is that your body feels like it's not getting enough oxygen. And you're not going to die. You're not going to die, but it keeps you awake. There's, you're just kind of mildly uncomfortable all night long. You're restless. Restless. Yeah. And so you don't actually sleep very well, and that contributes the next day into more fatigue, fatigue and feeling terrible. So what I've found is if I do all of those things correctly, and then I take a sleeping pill, and we're talking like over the counter. Over the sleeping. counter. I'm not, not talking about like. Oh, we're not talking about Ambien. Some Xanax, you know. <laughs> no. I take one over the counter uh, sleeping pill. Yeah. And it just helps me the next day feel so much better. 
that's my regimen. Check with your doctor. I am not a doctor. Yeah. But there's a lot of things you can do to, to prepare yourself for being at altitude. Okay, moving on. Item number two. And, and let me just say in advance, I totally scooped these news items from Trail Groove Magazine. From Paul Mags Mignanti. Yes, who writes for Trail Groove Magazine. So That's right. If you want to get some great trail news, go to Trail Groove Magazine via, you know, Paul Mags. Trailgroove.com. And lots of great content. The Hillary step is gone. Yeah, what? I didn't know about this. So apparently there were these earthquakes and the grounds shifted and it has been confirmed that the Hillary step, which is about 200 feet below the summit, is gone. And that was considered to be the most technical aspect. Below the summit of Mount Everest. Of Mount Everest. (laughs) Yeah. That was the most technical aspect. Well, it was also a bottleneck, too. Yes. It, it resulted in long lines yeah. and well, people waiting hours to, to yes. go past. And so I'm curious if this will uh, affect the amount of traffic that's going up and down now. You think they'll try to get more people yes, now? Since I think they will. Which means uh, more and more poop and emptied oxygen, oxygen. bottles, all that stuff. Yeah. So it's easier now to climb. Yeah, it's easier. I think now so. Now you I can mean, say, oh, back in 20, <laughs> two, 2007 when I climbed well, up, that, it was a lot harder then. Back when when the Hillary Step was there, it was a lot tougher. That's right. Now it's, you know, there's McDonald's. It's just a, there's an elevated walkway. Like, That's come right. on. You guys have it too easy. Okay, and the last item is so fantastic. Wait a minute. Should I whack the tubes? Sure, whack them. Well, it, this is a short trail news tonight. Yeah, I had to keep it short. They always get so depressing. I know. There's a lot of other news, but it's all depressing. I don't want to talk uh, about it. It's true. There is a lot. There's of a ton of fires. The fires on the PCT. And we, were, and we can talk about that briefly. I mean, we've got a couple of minutes before. Well, uh, let's talk about it. We were just talking okay. on our drive to and from the brewery. Compliments of Chicory so, and Hoho. All of the PCT is basically on fire. It <laughs> seems like it. I think almost half of Oregon I, is closed and chunks of washington are now closed since i've been paying attention to the pct which has been like the last 13 years i think that there are more fires going on in and around the pacific crest trail right now than ever in, before than recent history yeah i mean I, I i don't even know how many there are at this point do you have any ideas at a dozen no i i don't know but I, don't. I just know that you know jefferson park's been on fire now for a couple months three sisters there's been fires now for a couple of months, and then the you know the 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 new the big new one just outside of Cascade Locks, yeah. Eagle Creek, and that shut down both the Eagle Creek Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail, right? The Benson Plateau, the yeah, regular route, and Montana's on fire. Well, uh, and that's, CDT Northbounders, yeah. I, I mean, Scavenger texted me the other day and said, "I think I'm gonna have to roadwalk to Glacier. I think he's not gonna be able to go through the, the Bob because." Oh, as a CDT northbounder yes, right now, yes. he's being affected by... Yes. It's a tough year for, for yeah. folks Hikers. on both those trails. But the PCT in particular, I mean, they had the double whammy. They had the huge, like colossally huge snow year, then That's followed true. up by a ridiculous number of fires. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. I mean, we had a huge winter in the Northwest and California, and it was wet all spring, and then it just all dried up. Yes, yeah, yeah, crazy. Stay safe out there, like th- especially PCT folks. Like this is a really tough year to be trying to to link up all the sections of the trail. Don't do anything stupid. The trail's going to be there next yeah, year. Don't walk highways. Don't do it. Yeah, road shoulders are also dangerous. I they mean, are so dangerous. Just you know, think think about maybe coming back another time. Like yep. like I said, the trail will be there next year. Yep. We promise. Well. 
I guess we can't make <laughs> <laughs> Parts of the trail will be open next year. I mean, the parts that are burned right now, they'll be open next year because yeah. they're already burned. They won't be on fire next year. True. <sighs> anyway. Right, what's your okay, third my item? My final item is that in Vermont, citizens can get their doctors to prescribe a day off and give out passes to Vermont state parks. This is one of the best things I've ever heard. The, yeah. Vermont physicians will be prescribing active play in Vermont state parks to promote healthy lifestyles and prevent chronic health issues. The Vermont Government's Council on Physical Fitness and Sports, along with the Vermont Department of Forests, Park Parks and Recreation gave doctors free day passes to state parks to give to patients. Don't they already do things like this in both Finland and Japan? Like I, I've, I read. Um, Sounds like. Oh, it's, I think the book's called Nature Fix. Oh yeah, I read it recently, and this sounds very familiar to me. And I think one of the Scandinavian countries, if not a couple of them, Finland, maybe Sweden, maybe Norway. I, I can't remember, but. They they do stuff like this. Like this is it's actually a medical thing. Like yeah. they will prescribe nature. It makes sense. <laughs> it does make sense. This makes me want to move to Vermont. Mm, good luck with that. What? I'll stay here. The, are the <laughs> win- are the winters too cold for you? Uh, it's just not my thing. Why? What's wrong with Vermont? Nothing. Vermont is great. We're we're actually getting ready to call somebody in Vermont. That's true. Anyway, what so what else did you read about this whole so so like a, you go to your, your I actually looked it general up. practitioner. Yeah, it was a pretty short article and they just said they're trying it out. Really? Yeah. I know some folks that are high up in the Colorado State Parks uh, system. I might have to forward them this article. Yeah, you should. But how how then do you get state parks to talk with like physicians? Physicians. Like how how does that work? How do you put those two groups together? Yeah. I don't know. We need some feedback. Maybe we'll ask Mike, not you, Mike, but well, we're, we're, there's like, a lot of mics on the show tonight. Yeah. It, it sounds like the, it was a collaboration between the state, the Department of Forest, Parks, and Recreation, as well as the Governor's Council on Physical Fitness and Sports. So there must be some sort of council like that in Colorado. Oh, yeah. You know, that we could, that you could incorporate. Hmm. If I could make this happen here in Colorado. It'd be great. I mean, you know. Um, yeah. but this should actually be, be coming in today. I mean, you know, it's happening in Vermont, but let's face it. Like this would be a good thing nationwide. It would be incredible. Just I think mean, how much better you feel after you go for a run or a walk or just sit outside. Well, what I read in the book nature fix is humans do better with a certain amount of time in green areas. Yeah. And it's actually not a lot. Like, um, I, I'm probably going to get the number wrong, but I think the book said, if you can average at least five hours a month, oh wow, that's five not hours much at a all. month, yeah, in green spaces like forests, parks, places without you know concrete and traffic, five hours a month—that's not a lot. I mean, we're talking like barely over an hour a week. The improvement in like well-being, yeah. and attitude and mental health. We should do that book as a media review. We, we should. We actually should. It's an excellent book and. You know, I, I picked. Uh, somebody recommended it to me, and I picked it up, and was I was kind of like, you know, I'm, I'll give it a try. This is probably, you know, I I know, already know all this stuff, but they really dive into the science, the science. and the studies that they've done Love in it. Japan, and Finland, and other places in Korea, where they literally prescribe a certain uh, nature. It's like yeah, those commercials that used to, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the we, nature commercials. We played a couple of those. Yeah. Anyway, that's. That's all I have. That's all you got for news? 
and she tried to run out the door, but we blocked the door. And we so she's still she's still in studio. It's unbelievable. That's right. All right. We've got a special treat this month. We've got Mike DeBonis from the Green Mountain Club. He's the executive director. And we're actually featuring the Long Trail as our trail of the month. Now, we featured the LT in our first year of shows, but like Peauty said, we didn't really know what we were doing. And the cool thing is that Mike just went out and did a retro hike of the Long Trail wearing, well, and we'll get into it, but wearing like garb and carrying gear from yesteryear. And it's, it's 270 miles, and he walked end to end. And, and uh, this is also gonna, going to be our conservation interview, correct? We're it is. It is. Be, yeah, Green Mountain Club does a lot of great work in Vermont, and we're going to pick his brain about what they've been doing and what they're up to. I mean, they've been an organization for a long time, a hundred years at this wow. point. And the Long Trail is the oldest long distance hiking trail in the United States. Wow! So there's a lot of history there. And uh, sweet, let's give him a call. Who better? Than to talk to than the executive director so of the GMC, Mike DeBonis, Mike DiLorenzo, and, and Mike Iron Unger. We Mike got Unger. it's a show full of mics. I love it. So All it's right, triple O. It's triple Mike. Let's call Mike, and uh, who knows? We might even don't a, do it. Play a prank on him. Hello. Hello. Hey, Mike, it's Disco P.O.D. and Iron Mike Unger from The Trail Show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you all doing? We're doing really good, really good. Thanks so much for taking some time this evening to talk to us about The Long Trail, your retro hike, and The Green Mountain Club. Yeah, my pleasure. I appreciate you providing the opportunity. Yeah, you bet. And I was just mentioning that we featured The Long Trail on The Trail Show way back in our first year shows. So we're talking like early... 2013 and we didn't really know what the heck we were doing back then (laughs) yeah Um, we didn't do it justice yeah we did not do it justice so this is neat for us to be able to kind of talk to you you're the executive director of the green mountain club and you just I, i recently learned you just finished a retro hike of the lt and i i can't wait to get into that but but first can you give a little background uh, on the long trail for our listeners, how long is it? Where does it start and finish? Uh, just some general background info about the LT. Yeah, be my pleasure. So the long trail is the oldest long distance hiking trail in the nation. It got its start in 1910, and a gentleman named James Taylor. Not, not what? The, not the James, James Taylor? Taylor? Is that old? Although it, it would be awesome if he did, but <laughs> be really old. So yeah, not not that guy. Okay. But the other guy, James Taylor, he had this vision for this long-distance hiking trail. As, as the mist cleared on Stratton Mountain or near Stratton Mountain, he had this idea of a long-distance hiking trail. And back then, you know, Vermont was a pretty different place than it is now. It was about 80% agriculture, sheep fields, farmland, hmm. didn't have hiking trails. And James's idea was, boy, if you had this long-distance hiking trail, it would be a great way to get people out side and, and a great way to appreciate nature yeah there was the idea uh turned out to be a really really great idea and 107 years later the trail is 273 miles it runs from the massachusetts border to the canadian border and essentially runs along the crest of the green mountains hitting many of the largest peaks in the state and is by and large a, a ridgeline trail 
Is there a lot of difference between what the trail is today and maybe what the original vision was for that trail? I mean, it sounds like it was on the crest, so that's kind of the only place you can put it, but... Yeah, or I guess another way to put that is, like, has the trail alignment stayed the same yeah, in the last hundred the years, part. or has it varied? It, it's varied. I, I think when they were just envisioning this thing, the, the idea was just, just to get it done. Just get right. something yeah. in, so it followed woods roads and fire roads, and there are existing pieces of trail, and uh, it was all volunteer-led. It still largely is, and they were piecing together these different sections of trail to to make the contiguous long trail. So when it started out, uh, particularly in the south, it it was mostly along woods roads, and it's largely in a different place now. And over the years, the club is, has worked to move the trail up up on the ridgeline and make it a better hiking experience. You know, it, hiking fire roads is great, and woods roads are great, right. you know, as far as it goes. But, well, they're not great, but yeah. uh, the ridge is much better. Right. And that you know, and that's kind of been the the history of the Appalachian Trail is you know I think when Earl Schaefer hiked it in the late forties, he walked a lot more roads than what AT hikers will walk in two thousand seventeen. Oh, did he? Of course he did. Oh, so it was easier when he did it. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> just I mean, it was. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> but but I, I'm curious. Um, so most long distance hikers traditional long distance hikers that haven't done the LT in its entirety, they've they've hiked the AT and they've done from the Massachusetts border to Killington. What is, you know, and, and, a, and a lot of us, myself included, don't really know what it's like from Killington to the Canadian border. Is it quite different than the Appalachian Trail section of the LT or is it similar? Like, how would you compare the two sections of the LT? Yeah, there, there's definitely some some similarities, but it it gets different in the sense that the, the southern part of the trail, the, the part of the long trail that coincides with the Appalachian Trail, is, is a well maintained, uh, I think, very traditional trail. Uh, where when you get further north, it's a lot more rugged. It, it's still definitely a trail, but it's largely a fall line trail, so it basically goes kind of straight up and down in the easiest route and. Some places it's very eroded, and some places it's very rocky. And uh, as I was going through it this this year, I, there was a lot more hand over hand and kind of a full body hiking experience. Where in yeah. the southern part, it was you know mostly a you know a, a foot a foot based proposition. Right. Yeah, I've heard it's pretty insane up there. But but it's beautiful. You, yeah, you hit of course. Some, some peaks, and it's definitely worth it. But it the, the mileage definitely drops down when I. When I did the AT years ago, I was like, this is easy. It's great. And then went back and did the long trail, and it totally kicked my butt. It was, yeah. it was hard. You know, I was out of shape and just thinking you're going to do 20, 30-mile days, and it's just, it's just not going to happen. And I've also heard that once you get north of Killington on the long trail, you switch from three-sided shelters to fully enclosed cabins. Is that, what? Is that true by and large? Well, they're still not fancy. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, there's 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 more four sided shelters, and I think what's cool about the long trail system is all the shelters are unique. So, the, the trail was built and maintained by volunteers, and there are sections that maintain a, a particular mileage of trail, like similar similar trail organizations, and they all were responsible for building these shelters. And so they're all done with different architecture, and they're all done with different materials and labor. So they all ha- kind of have their own unique feel, their own kind of handshake to them. 
And so it's kind of neat when you go through to see these different places. And yeah, as you get further north, uh, there, there's less people in the shelters. Uh, many of them have um, have have four sides and are pretty cool. Are they micey? You know, the, the four sided ones. They, they are. There are some mice, but I have to say, I, I don't know. <laughs> I really, I'm, don't quote me on this, or you can quote me. But well, I, you're 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 and, on mic, so you're going to be quoted <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, this is forever. I'm in deep yeah, trouble. Yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. Uh, I didn't think there was as many mice as in the southern part or on the AT uh, down south, where I, you okay. know, there are mice everywhere. Uh, I didn't think they were that bad up north. So come to Vermont. There's no mice. I love well, it. Well, I think the mice th- are also, I almost said thumbian. I don't know why. The mice are also <laughs> a function of people, I think, you know. So on the AT where there's so much traffic, you know, people leave crumbs and wrappers and what? scents. I've never seen that. Yeah. And so, uh, but perhaps on the long trail, as you get farther north, there's fewer and fewer people. And perhaps the people that are there being really careful. Yeah. Maybe. Are there, are there, are, what is the, what are the cabins like? These fully enclosed shelters? What are they like inside? Do they have bunks. wooden bunks and stuff? Or what is it, what is it like? Yeah, so, one really cool one on Mount Mansfield is, is Taft Lodge. And it was built in 1920 and was just renovated last year, which entailed sending a crew up on the side of Mount Mansfield and literally jacking up this log oh cabin. My God. And uh, yeah, it's absolutely terrifying. And wow. having to helicopter logs in and, and replace rotted logs. But it, it's massive. I mean, you can fit dozens of people in there. There's wood bunks and a great view from the porch, fully enclosed. So on one of those nights where the rain is pounding on the metal roof, you're you're fully in constant, in constant inside and feeling very, very comfy. Uh, no, no wood stoves uh, anymore. Huh. That's uh, good. It's too stuffy. They, they used to have them, but yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, Mount Mansfield I've actually done as a day hike, uh, Mike. But um, the one, the thing I, I keep hearing about is Camel's Hump. is a really scenic area that's on that section of the Long Trail north of Killington. Uh, I'm just curious, like what, you know, and in, in, we are going to get into this retro hike momentarily, but I I'm, I'm really want to pick your brain about the LT kind of in general. What were your, some of your favorite sections of the LT? Yeah, Camel's Hump is great because it's an un, uh, undeveloped mountain. Uh, there's no roads. There's no ski areas. Uh, it's a high alpine peak, so there's there's alpine tundra, which you would have to go, you know, hundreds of miles north to see the same types yeah. of plant right. that you'd see Camel's Hump, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and and it has a really nice mix of of shelters and campsites. There's Mockthurgun Lodge, which is an old historic shelter, fully enclosed, and it's a short short jaunt up to the peak and then the, the peak is very rocky and exposed which is cool hmm. but, I, but my favorite place is probably mount abraham which is a little bit further south but it, it's also a, a rocky peak that has a 360 degree view but uh, pretty close to where i grew up and oh, cool. uh, and just has a you know really neat shelter nearby it was like the first place i went winter camping and uh, it's, a, it's a it's a short hike for a really big payoff which is great. I have three questions. Wow. Okay. Three. Okay. Number one, is there camping around those shelters slash cabins? Like, could, could we roll up and say, Oh, we don't want to sleep inside. Can we, would there be, are there flat spots to camp right outside? Like set up a tent. Yeah. So some of them, some Some of them them have designated camping sites for sure. And some that are in the more sensitive ecological areas, uh, 
that right. there may not be, or if there are, there's, there's usually 10 platforms. And then I'm going to switch the order of the questions. Number two, you talked about your first winter trip back there. So are those cabins open in the winter as well? Yeah, everything's totally open. Wow. Uh, you, you know, they're not serviced in the winter, mm-hmm. so you're going to have to go up with snowshoes or skis. But cool. uh, yeah, if you can get there and, and get in, they're, they're open. And then the, so it ends at the Canadian border. And what are the logistics there? Like where, what's the closest place that it ends? Like what's the closest town to where it ends and getting back and forth from the Canadian side? There's not much up there. When I was hiking through this year, you know, you just kind of tell stupid stories to yourself when you're hiking and sing the same song over and over again. And I was making some stupid joke about calling an Uber to, to get back. <laughs> middle of nowhere. Yeah. And so I, the, I get to the end of the trail and there's this guy there eating lunch and we're just chatting it up. And I'm like, so how did you get here? He's like, oh, I, I got an Uber. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my hey. God. No way. Like, that actually happened. So you, wow. he took a Got an Uber from Burlington, so apparently. Wow, that's a long drive. Do that, yeah. Uh, other than that, the more traditional way is you can get shuttles from uh, Benevolent uh, Hike Trail Angels. Trail Angels. Yeah. Green Mountain Club has all that information, and you, you can set okay. it up. You can take a bus nearby, but not a major population center by by any means. In the the website, I'll just mention it. We'll mention it again. Is GreenMountainClub.org. We've got Mike DeBonis on the line. Mike, talk to us about your retro hike. So I actually am somewhat familiar with retro hikes because there was a couple of guys in Colorado last summer that set out to hike the Colorado Trail retro style, and I think they even made their own shoes. Which they gave up. Yeah, it they did, quit. It oh, didn't quite work out. Quitters. Warm. Quitters. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make my own shoes. Now I feel okay, kind of <laughs> well, it didn't work out for him, Mike. So yeah, maybe so you go. were smart by not making your own shoes. But like, how'd you get the idea to do this retro hike? And then walk us through your clothing and gear. So I, I grew up in Vermont, had always loved the idea of the long trail. And I think my parents gave me a, an old long trail guide when I was a kid. And I just loved reading through it. And, you know, the trail descriptions and the maps, it just really appealed to me. And so the, the club was celebrating the 100th anniversary of the Long Trail Guide. So it's the 20th edition. The first guide was published in 1917. Wow. And the 100th anniversary is 2017. And so, you know, when you're out there, you're like, God, you know, what, what would it be like to, to actually have to use the old gear? Terrible. You know, that sort of stuff. And and when you read the old guidebooks, they actually have gear recommendations and food recommendations. Oh, and really? I started thinking about it. And, and as I did more research, it just seemed doable, more or less. Uh, and so I, I spent probably a good year planning and everything from figuring out, you know, what are you going to carry? You know, what kind of backpacks do they have? What kind of clothing do you have to wear? And, uh, decided to end up making my own pack basket. So they yeah. had the packs, but folks back then, 1917, 1920, they carry pack baskets. And, uh, so I figured out how to make one and got the log and, got a hammer and you have to pound the log uh to, to, like really to get the splints the to separate and you're peeling off these strips and it, it took forever and i'm really terrible at it but after about a summer i got enough and was able to weave this wait did you basket. just say after a summer yeah summer yeah it took me all summer is this the first piece of retro item that you made yeah, first one. And you didn't quit. That's amazing. Just that nope. in itself is a win. That's pretty <laughs> incre- incredible. 
Okay, continue. It, Sorry. And I've got a picture here of you wearing the pack basket, Ooh, I as see. you called it. And I'm going to pass it around the, the studio. To describe this to our listeners, it literally looks like a hand-woven basket with shoulder straps on it. Is that? Yeah, no would you agree with that? And it's made from wood. Yeah. Was it picky and like splintery and stuff? No, you can you shave the splints down, and it's pretty, yeah, pretty smooth and you know not light by what? by any means. <laughs> She's uh, looking. How at did it, you right? make that? My God, <laughs> I feel incredible. like I would find that like some hippie global trade store or something. <laughs> That's impressive. It is impressive. It, it's amazing once you start thinking about it, you see them around, and you'll you'll see people at farmers markets carry them, but. Uh, it, you can, you can do it. It's not the greatest. And, yeah. uh, and then, and then the other part was the clothing. So back then it was all, it was all basically wool. Right. And, you know, I, I, despite my best effort, I couldn't go to the store and buy knickers. So my wife ended up taking a <laughs> pair of wool pants and converting them into knickers and you've got to get the knee high wool socks and a, a wool shirt and, you know, wool, wool garments upstairs and downstairs. And, you know, it's a, it's a full-on wool wool thing. Sounds really yeah. comfortable. It sounds warm. It sounds nice yeah. and itchy. Yeah, it was it was so it was so hot. The first day was <laughs> 80, 90 degrees, and I'm like, oh, what? Man, you should have just gone with icebreaker. That's all wool. <laughs> that's, that's cheating, though. That's like you know, new age, newfangled, yeah. super thin. I know merino wool or whatever. That stuff is great. Were you wearing though. wool yeah. underwear? Yeah, but it was the it what? was the cheat kind. It okay. was the marine kind. Yeah. Okay, oh, okay. 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 When did you start your hike? What date? What was the date? I think it was the twelfth of June, which probably is not the best time to go. On oh, a long I, trail. I, I've heard July and August is great for a long trail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it seems. I mean, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like maybe hiking in all wool clothing, retro style, might might lend more to a um, winter hike or no, a fall hike. No, no. I'm yeah, just no. That would be a smart play. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, was it totally? I didn't have, was I your, didn't have that time off. So was, oh, okay. Just, was okay. your skin super itchy? Because I had a pair of no. wool knickers growing up that my mom made for me that I thought were real cute when I was in seventh grade, and I remember how itchy they were. It was awful. You kind of grow into it. Oh like God. <laughs> oh. Did you get terrible like nipple chafing? There is some, there is definitely chafing and really weird places i had to use uh like a body glide type of stuff just to where tell us all the places you chafed i need to know everywhere i need details every spot that could possibly chafe pod groin groin thighs i'm sure nipples armpits did you get armpit chafing no i I was free of that thankfully wow yeah and you got to think too i mean we're talking about vermont in the summer there's a lot of humidity Okay, there's a lot of heat, and I imagine there were a few bugs. There were bugs, yeah. It rained a lot. We had, we've had oh, a really wet, wet year. Wet, wet wool. Mmm, I thought that smelled good. Yeah, and the basket, <laughs> you know, the, the porous basket isn't waterproof, so that was... Oh, yeah. Well, that's a know. good thing, because I'm looking at the photo, and it looks yeah, like had... that, that basket would actually catch rainwater. <laughs> so, so it drained, is what you're telling us. The, the basket it, would drain. But you had all your stuff drain, in there. Yeah. How'd you keep your stuff dry? Well, I made a, a waterproof tarp uh, because they, they in the book they say to use balloon silk, but I have really no idea what balloon silk is. I don't either. It's not like a thing. So it was it was like a, a cotton sheet that was waterproof, but you can't buy those. So I yeah. made one. Oh, really? I, yeah. So I was using linseed oil, but yeah, 
Think about linseed oils. If you pack, it stinks to high heaven. If you pack it up, it can actually spontaneously combust in your pack. What? Uh, that's not good. Are yeah, you kidding? You want- this this sounds like a lot of bad choices. <laughs> this sounds like a dangerous through hike to me, Mike. Yeah. So then what I did is I made this cocktail of of uh, liquids, like chemicals, mineral spirits, and silicone, and that actually worked. It sort of impregnated the cotton and, and kind of made it water repellent. And so I had this waterproof tarp that I used as a kind of a mini tent side type of thing. And I sleep underneath it in a wool blanket on another tarp. <laughs> oh. And uh, that, was, that was how we rolled. So you didn't use the shelters on your hike? A couple times I did, for sure. Yeah, but most, most times I just tried to sleep out if it wasn't pouring rain. Did you carry a stove? I had a little Esbit stove to start out, a little alcohol stove. But it, if you've used those, they're great for oh, yeah. boiling. I'm a, not, I'm a fan of the Esbit. It's not the best for cooking meals long term. Uh, so that no, was it a, depends a on what you're cooking. I mean, if you're doing filet mignon and, yeah, you know. It's not the best. But if you're just boiling water, it does what it yeah. needs to do. Yeah, you can't do like rack of lamb or anything with it. But, uh, right. but yeah, boiling water was okay. But back in the day, they would have stoves and all the shelters and oh, they would have cooking okay. pots and things. And hmm. they just don't have that anymore. Right. So the... I, I relied pretty heavily on on dry food mostly. Now, what about water treatment? What is the the retro way to treat water? <laughs> uh, just straight so, out of the stream. So oh, just just dip and sip. You just filter it through your dip wool sock. Yeah, which I, I did not do. I I chemically treated the water. Okay, I don't blame you. You get sick from water in week one, and your whole hike's over. And let me tell you something: getting sick from water and wearing wool clothes—that's a tough <laughs> situation. Uh, yeah, that's not good. Give me the stink eye, though. They're like, whoa, you're treating your water? Like, whoa, what's wrong with you? It's like, come on, you know, I, I got to go to work in two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, <laughs> speaking of which, so you obviously ran into other people while you were out there. Yeah, the, the southern part is, were, coincides with the AT. Okay. And so there were, was, were people just looking at you incredulously, thinking, asking you questions, you know, like, what's, uh, what's with the costume? First, they think you're a total freak show, found college, just down yeah. out out of bounds and uh then once they realize you're not crazy you know, they have a bunch of questions and uh it, it it was fun i mean people were really open and you know you're this crazy person out there dressed differently but one of the great things about the trail community doesn't matter what trail you on is it's very welcoming no matter sure. what your background is so once the initial novelty wears off you're just some other stinky hiker dealing with the same stuff as everybody else now did you um did you hike naked on hike naked day because it seems like it'd be nice to take a break from all that scratchy wool <laughs> i did but i wish i wish that i had you should have yeah. i'm sure they did that back in the day did you see any naked hikers on hike naked day i, I really didn't but we had a really bad black fly season so i think you would have that would have not it. been nice yeah it would have been extra points so if anyone had had done it <laughs> oh gosh yeah so did you measure your base weight uh i really didn't no <sighs> where, where, do you think it was what exceptionally guess? heavy guess, guess what your base weight was early on i mean it was it was probably over 50 pounds what sure. oh. all on your shoulders yeah <gasps> yeah i didn't see a hip belt i would die no. i would not no. make it so yeah you, you kind of have to take a lot of breaks and you get <laughs> used to it 50 pounds of basket weaving hanging on your oh, wool-clad shoulders. This sounds difficult. Were you trying to eat retro as well? Yeah, so the, the food's, you know, food's food, but 
the packaging was really different. So no, you know, no freeze dried. Everything was cheese was in wax. Everything was in paper bags or wax bags or just canned food. And uh, ate a lot of oh my god uh, nuts and salmon and bacon, uh, anchovies. Bacon? You know, what do you mean you ate bacon? Well, you can get you can get bacon that's cooked and just kind of carry it with you and hmm. it lasts a couple days. <laughs> I love it, man. Uh, well, let me ask you this: this is this is kind of in my mind. This is the question that sort of like sums up whether or not. This was a good idea. Would you do this hike again, the retro hike? I think I would do it again. Okay, I, I, I would, I would do it again. And you're not just saying that because I put you on, uh, I put you on the spot, right? No, I'm sitting indoors. I've, okay. I've got electricity, and I'm drinking a beer. Like it's all good now. But Ooh, right. uh, what are you drinking? Made. What are you drinking? I, I have a Lawson's sip of sunshine. What's oh, that Lawson's? sounds lovely. Well, who? It where's is, that from? Great. It is from Warren, Vermont, which is about hmm. five miles down the road. You know, we've had a we've got a listener out in your neck of the woods that has been so kind as to wait in line at the Alchemist Brewing Company and mail us some of their delectable delights, including Ooh. the Heady Topper and uh, uh, the Focal Banger, which is actually my personal favorite from Alchemist oh, Brewing. You, you can't go wrong with either of those. No, sure. they're both quite excellent. Vermont has some really good microbrews. In fact, when yes. we finish this interview, we will text you our address so you can send us a package <laughs> with some of those well, microbrews. I, I, got, I got the hint. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> if you get a care package from uh, Warren, you'll know it's from me. Yep. Oh, lovely. Oh, yeah, Vermont has You know, you here. should do – We last month we got, a, we got a calendar from a listener, and it was called Hey Duke Pinups. And it was a picture of this guy, uh, Joseph, not Brosif, Richie in various poses along the Hayduke. And I think if you did something similar with your retro gear yeah. and all your wool and like different stages of like just the knick the the knickers on or just the wool shirt showing off some the of your chafing. Yeah, the wool blanket <laughs> wrapped up. I think you could maybe make a few bucks off M- the calendar. Mike, this could be a Green Mountain Club fundraiser. We, uh, we could be annual appeal with this actually if we play our cards right. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Okay. So while Sorry. we've got you on the horn, let's switch gears a bit. I want to talk a little bit about the Green Mountain Club. You guys have been around for 100 years. You do incredible work. Could you talk to us about uh, a little bit about kind of some of the projects you, you've been working on this year and what, your volunteers, what they're doing, and that sort of thing? Yeah, so a, a, big, a big chunk of our time is spent just maintaining the trail resource. So we've got over 500 miles of trail within the system and, and most of that work like a lot of trail systems is done all by volunteers there's 14 sections and we've got folks that are adopters of a particular section of miles and we've got other crews that are out maintaining the trail and then we have professional crews our, our summer crews like the long trail patrol uh, which has been around since the 30s and wow. these folks will go out and they'll they'll do they'll do construction work so they'll build the, the rock steps and uh, they'll They'll build bridges and shelters, and, and and these are the types of projects that are so critical to the system. But man, they're they're so hard to do. We just did one where we had to airlift logs up up to Mount Mansfield for a, a shelter restoration of Butler Lodge, and you know it, it's just so much more complicated than doing a project of, of similar scale down in the valley. And uh, we'll have the crew up there for about a month camping and 
they'll replace logs and replace the roof and and the, the whole idea is to keep these iconic shelters going and you know they're really not making any more of them and we want people to be able to go out there regardless of what what generation they're from and, and have an experience and so we put a lot of effort into maintaining the the infrastructure on the system that makes the LT what it is. Oh, that's incredible. You guys are kind of one of the iconic trail organizations in the United States. I, I, I feel like I've been, you know, I've heard about the Green Mountain Club maybe even before I actually started hiking. <laughs> you guys are that well known. And that's amazing that, you know, like you said, you're not really creating any more of these these cabins and shelters and, and, and kind of restoring and, and keeping what you've got intact is a priority. Now, when you say that you have crews that go out there and camp for a month to work on it, is it the same crew that goes for the whole month? Sometimes. Yeah, we, oh, we split our season up into halves. So we've got the first half that goes through like mid-August and then folks will go back to school and then we have another another half of the, the season that'll, that'll go through the fall and they'll... We've got numbers of crews, so they'll they'll switch it up here and there. But a lot of them are spending the majority of the summer out outside, which sounds wonderful. I would so love to do it. if if I'm just like you know average nobody, can I say, hey, Green Mountain Club, I want to volunteer for a whole month and do one of these projects? Can just can anyone do that, or do you have to have specific skills? Do you subcontract through you know SCA or or how does that work? So we have a a field crew that's hired hired seasonal staff. So folks will apply right. for those positions and they'll work all summer. And then we have uh, a volunteer long trail patrol. So folks will go out for a week at a time and they'll volunteer to work on a, a section of trail. And that'll go for um, a number of weeks throughout the summer. And then, and then there's individual volunteer efforts from working with the section or adopting trail or hauling bark mulch up to a, a backcountry privy. So there's a bunch of different opportunities. You know, not all of them are, are that long. Most of them are, are shorter duration. You mentioned earlier that you guys oversee 500 miles of trail. Now, I'm doing the math here. Long trail's about 270. So that leaves almost 230 that's not long trail. Is the 230 kind of spread out all over the state of Vermont? So if you think this long trail, the, the main spine of the Green Mountains, and then it's mostly the, the side trails okay. from from the valley up or from road crossings up and they're they're spread all over and some of these trails have been around longer than the long trail and and others have cropped up since and it's that whole network so it's almost a you know legs off the spine kind of thing and then there's also some other trails in the northeast kingdom which is the north northeastern part of the state which is a little bit more rural and has uh, a developing trail network as well excellent I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Like, what, do you guys have any big projects online for 2018? Yeah, we're we're working to restore a couple cabins in the central part of the state, and these are a couple of historic historic structures that have been uh, in decline for for years. And we'll get those back online for the public to use. And then we're also looking to improve the trail infrastructure in the northernmost part of the trail, so the part that is probably the least frequent least frequented but but also the most rugged and hard hard to get to but improve the trail infrastructure there so the the bog bridging the rock steps the bridges all of that hopefully if we if we get that done over the next few years you'll be able to have a great hiking experience for the next 30 on the long trail wow i i I have a couple of questions but about the trail itself 
So if you want to... So back to the LT. Can I go back to the LT for a second? I have two questions sure. for you. Two. Number one... <laughs> go. <laughs> number one, has anyone ever done a winter through hike of the Long Trail? People have. Oh. Really? Cool. Yeah. Do they ski it or does, is it skiable or... Snowshoes? Too rocky? Like what? I think it's mostly snowshoe. Okay. You know, have they done a... I don't think many people have done it, you know, all all at once i think people have done most people that have done it have done it in sections so over time no I, yeah i meant like an actual an actual like, like trauma and pepper end pct end. style winter end to end end to end in the yeah. winter no. well i think it would be brutal to do it, it oh god yeah, well no. i'm not saying that it's easy i was just curious <laughs> it might be a matter of like you're you're literally taking your life yeah, in your hands sure. because it gets so damn cold in yeah. vermont in the middle of the winter yeah okay my yeah, other Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you. You first. Well, I was going to say, so the, the trail's maintained for the summer. So we'll get, I'll get phone calls and emails from people that are like, hey, can you change the color of the blazes from white to something a little bit different so we can see it in the snow? And Wow. You know, it's in the point. It, so it's hard. It's, it's built for the summer, but it's really hard to see the trail and, and the blazes in the winter. And then when it's under snow, the blazes can be almost at ground level. Wow. So just root, root finding in the winter can be the most challenging up high. It's actually probably a good thing that the blazes are white. Maybe it discourages uh, <laughs> folks from trying to do something completely insane like walking from Canada to Massachusetts in the middle of the winter in Vermont. Yes, and I have a second question. All right. My second question is along the way, thinking about resupply options... What is the proximity to good microbrews along the trail? It's pretty good. It's gotten a lot better. Where I live in Waterbury or near Waterbury, it it is a beer mecca. I mean, it's where Hetty Topper oh. comes from, the yeah. alchemist there. It's only a few miles from the trail. So I, I would say one of the great things about the long trail, folks are considering doing it, is there are ample opportunities for resupply in very good restaurants, very good services, and access to amazingly high quality beer, if that's your thing. Yeah, I, a lot of our listeners apparently are into uh, those types of beverages. Absolutely. <laughs> well, listen, hey, we you've been super generous with your time tonight. Is there anything else about either the Long Trail, your Retro Hike, or the Green Mountain Club that that we didn't ask you about that you want to talk about before we bid you adieu? Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be on. I would just give a shout out to folks if you if you hike the AT and you've hiked the southern part of, of Vermont, or you're you're thinking of a trip, you know, come out come out and give the Long Trail a try. At another another week or two, and you can you can finish the Long Trail hike, or come out for a long weekend and, and give give Vermont a shot and, and try some of the great hiking in the state. And while you're here, definitely check out our our microbreweries and all the things that make Vermont special. Finishing up the long trail has been on my to-do list for a, a good 15 years now, and I really want to come out and, and do that last 170 miles in the fall. And I'm I'm guessing that like maybe in another week or two would kind of be start to be prime time for Vermont's fall colors. W- when do you guys normally have peak fall colors? It's a little bit earlier this year. We're starting to get some changeover, but end of September, okay. getting into October, it, it's really amazing and. Uh, this year we've had a lot of rain, so there's still really good water on the trail. And you know, I would say September and October is your your best time. Excellent. 
It's Mike DeBonis, Executive Director from the Green Mountain Club. Mike, thanks so much for talking to us tonight and educating the Trail Show Nation about the Long Trail and the Green Mountain Club and uh, schooling us on your retro hike. We really appreciate it. And Mike, do you have a, do you have a trail name? Satchmo. Satchmo. Okay. I love it. That's excellent. The website is greenmountainclub.org. You can become a member of the GMC and look into volunteer opportunities at their website. Great. Well, thank you all so much. You all have a good night. Thanks. You bet, Mike. Thanks. Have a good one. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Mike DeBonis, Executive Director from the Green Mountain Club. He just ran ran out the door to strip off all that wool. All that wool. And dry out his clown mouth. Oh, my God. (laughs) And he he walked it in the middle of June. It sounds extremely warm. I had some wool clothes. My mom made me some really nice wool pants and stuff when I was in skirts. Yeah. They were horrible. (laughs) <laughs> Remember, I hated them. They were beautiful <laughs> items, and my mom's an incredible seamstress, but... Ugh, oh, my gosh. Sounds terrible. Unreal. All right, let's go to break. When we come back, we got we got a whole bunch of stuff. we yeah. got trips. we got trail tips, media review, iTunes, everything. Don't go anywhere. The Trail Show will be back. Diane Pinkers, Pinkerstein, and I never listen to the Trail Show. Diane Pinkers, big ups. She sounds a little bit like uh, Angel Hair to me. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. All right. Have we gone on any trips this past month? Yeah. You've been on a lot more than I have. I've actually been sick. I had the flu mm-hmm. last weekend. I was I was unable to to walk more than twenty feet at a clip without feeling exhausted. So. My trips have been limited. I did get on one, but you you first, Petey. You're the one that's been everywhere. Uh, I've been on a few, but I'm only going to talk about one, I think. One? Just one? Just one. And the one that I'm going to talk about is the one that I did on Labor Day. Wait, not Memorial Day, right? Labor Day? That's what just happened? Yes, Labor Day. I met a friend up at Monarch Pass, and then we drove up to a trailhead, which is on the CDT, which, Mike, you'll be hiking over tomorrow. And I don't know the name of it, but it's uh, it's just south of Chalk Creek Pass. It's on Collegiate West? Yes. Okay. So we drove up to this. It was a heinous road. We drove up to the trailhead. And then from there, we hiked up to Chalk Creek Pass on the CDT. And then the CDT goes over down to Hancock Lake and then up the Alpine Tunnel. We, when we got to the pass, took a left and we went up several peaks, one 13er and several 12ers, and hiked back to Monarch Pass. And we eventually did rejoin with the CDT. But it was pretty good going up the first peak, which is Monumental Peak. It was pretty tedious hiking. Just Trails or no trails? No trails. Okay. And just really steep and very, very uh, rocky. And not like big piles of talus like you would expect on the collegiates. It was a mixture of a tundra shelf and then a bunch of steep ledges that you not anything dangerous or exposure or anything like that but just it was just tedious we were pretty tired when we got to the top of monumental and that was the beginning of the traverse but then it was a lot easier after that it was a lot easier walking more tundra less rock and it was beautiful up there 
And we did get a storm that came in, and there was really nowhere to bail that would have been pleasant. Uh, it was all like ankle breaker terrain. Was there lightning? There was lightning and thunder, but just on one side of the ridge, there were a bunch of old mining claims, and so there were a couple of divots that were old mining holes that had been filled in a long time ago and even had grass in them, growing in them. But they were definitely old mining divots, the best way I can describe them. So we were on the ridge, and we thought, should we bail down? It looks really so steep and cliffy, and we needed to bail down to the side of the truck. Bailing down to the other side would have been a total nightmare of problems trying to get back. So we decided to wait it out, and we just we put on all our rain gear, and it wasn't raining that hard where we are, just on the other side of the ridge. It was pouring rain, and like the lightning bolts were hitting right over there. But we figured we were on a low saddle, and then we were in these divots. So we were the lowest thing there. We just laid in the divots with all our rain gear on and just ate food. <laughs> was it raining on you? Yeah, but it wasn't raining that hard. Okay. Eventually, we, I think we were there for like an hour, and then it passed. We got pretty cold, but it passed. And then it totally cleared out and was beautiful. And We got a few more little rain showers, but they were sun sun showers. And then we hiked back to Monarch Pass, and it was... It was pretty cool. It Hash, was a nice day. Hashtag laying in divots. I know. It was pretty great. <laughs> uh, I guess that sounds great. I mean... <laughs> as great as laying in divots can be well, while you're waiting a we were lucky storm. because we didn't have to actually bail. Because bailing right. w- would have been worse than laying in the divot, honestly. Sure. It was so steep there. It would have really been awful. Well, before I got the flu, I did go out with a couple guys from the office. We went up... Uh, we actually camped the night before over near Fair Play, Colorado, and uh, went up Mount Sherman, which is a 14er. It's one of the easier, in theory. If 14ers can be easy, it's one of the easier ones. Uh, it was good. We had a really nice weather day. It actually wasn't as notoriously crowded as it's supposed to be on a Sunday uh, in the middle of the summer in Colorado. It was excellent, and I'm glad I got that hike in because I've kind of been out of commission yeah. for about two weeks now. Can I throw something in about Please. about your hike? About the Sherman hike? Yes. Okay. So the person that I hiked with on my my ridge traverse on and off the CDT out of Monarch was my friend Gail from Gunnison. And yes. she grew up in Colorado, and the first 14er she did was Sherman yeah. when she was five years old. I I would believe that. I mean, it's you can drive pretty high up, I think. Yeah. I think it's only like 2,500 feet of gain. It might even be less than that. It might be more like 2,000 feet of gain from where you park to the top of this 14 or so. a bit for a five-year-old, but... Yeah, it is. She but, grew up in that kind of family. But it's it's mellow yeah. terrain. Yeah. The, the neatest part of that hike is that you go by the old uh, mining, the old Levick mining site, and there's, there's this area called the Hilltop Mine, and there's still like a four-story building that looks like in the next big wind gust, the entire thing will blow down the mountain. But it's we can only hope it's still upright, POD, <laughs> and uh, maybe historic junk. To yeah, there some was of us. a lot of people threw some shade at me on on the Instagram yeah. about that picture. Anyway, it's a yeah. I put a picture of the the old mine up on Insta, so check that out if you haven't. But it was it was a neat hike. You know, it, it, the best part though was camping the night before. That's always kind of. Sometimes the camping's a little more fun than the hiking. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. Mike, what about you? You've been on the Colorado Trail for, what, 10, 11 days now? Yeah, b- about that. And, and uh, You started in Durango. Started in Durango. Uh, it's been great. 
Uh, I've hiked through Colorado in September before, and seeing the aspens change color is just tremendous. Uh, it's, it's just the most beautiful time of year to be up here. Yeah. And hiking through the San Juans, you know, I had done that on the CDT a number of years ago, but uh, yeah. it's so nice to come back. It has not been terribly crowded. I have seen a lot of southbound CT hikers. And mountain bikes. Lots of mountain bikes. But, you know, they've all been courteous. There's just been no issues. Yeah. It's just tough. The elevation you don't think about. Because when I've done other long trails like the PCT or the yeah. CDT, it's a gradual climb up to elevation. But going from 7,000 feet up to 12,000 feet, and then essentially staying there for almost a week. That's uh, difficult. You know, I thought I was over it, but I had no appetite. Um, yeah. I had to force myself to eat. I, I, I was never physically sick, but I just felt weak. Every time there was a small incline, you just feel it, and it's yeah. just no fun. And it wasn't until I got to Lake City that I kind of got back to normal. Okay. Really, it's tough hiking. You don't think about it. But you know, I had one day where there was 7,000 feet of elevation gain. Oh, uh, oh my God. That, so, yeah, I carry my little day. altimeter watch, and yeah. you know, I th- anything over five, you really feel it. I do. But, and, uh, and this has been an unusually wet summer for Colorado, which you've been bearing the brunt of on your CT hike, and I'm sure you've had a few lightning bolts come yeah, pretty close. Yeah, so I, when I think of September in Colorado, I think about pretty calm weather, maybe really yeah. cold at night, but not storms. Right. Yeah. But I've had storms every day. Any close calls? Yeah, I had one where... I had at least three simultaneous sort of lightning and thunder right next to me where I took my umbrella, I threw it away, I threw my poles away, and I just sort of hunkered down. Wow. And waited, and almost an inch of hail fell. Wow. So that was scary, Uh, but I was in the trees, I wasn't completely exposed. And typically, it's over in an hour or two. I've only had yeah. one one big storm where it rained like four hours until nine thirty at like night. Like tonight, how it's raining? Yeah, like yeah. Raining. Have you had Have you had any overnight rain, or is it mostly done by the time it's you're it's, going to bed? It's mostly done. It's it's amazing. So every day at noon, it's just been a beautiful blue sky. Yep, no clouds. By two, you start seeing them. <laughs> by three or four, you start hearing thunder. Yeah, and by four thirty five, I'm getting rained on. But typically, you know, by 6.30 or so, it's gone. And you wake up the next morning, or if I get up in the middle of the night, all the stars are out. It's beautiful. Yeah. So I just had one night where I was camped at 13,000 feet where it started oh, raining at 5.30 and did not end until, gosh, almost 10 o'clock. And, of course, the wind was so bad at 9.30, my oh, tent wow. stakes pulled out. Oh, my oh, God. Really? Yeah. So I'm hoping to learn from you folks what kind of tent stakes to use. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk. Got an, I've got a new one tonight. Yeah, we got some no, tent good. stakes we're going to talk good. about. What do we got next, POD? We, we done got trips. a trail tip. Oh, we do. And with, with, uh, with Iron, Iron Mike. This is coming. Iron, Iron the Face Tap Mike. Uh, all right, this is a brilliant trail tip, by the way, and it's something I never thought of before. So please, Mike, take it away. Well, I have to give my uh, my wife, Naomi, the Punisher, Hewitt's credit for this because she came up with it. The Punisher. So this has to do with leave no trace, trace and, and pooping in the woods. Okay. And uh, neither Naomi or I have adopted the backwoods bidet method like we probably should. We the still use Special 41 paper. advocates. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and I, I wish I could do that, but nah, I, I don't. And, okay. you know, I, I do carry my little deuce of spades to dig my hole, but I still don't like leaving toilet paper out because yeah, it sure. can get dug up, it can blow away. And so what Naomi came up with is she carries little doggy poop bags. 
And we buy the incident ones off Amazon, so we buy hundreds at a time or a thousand. And you said like the black ones, you buy the black I, ones. I carry the black ones because I, I don't want to see through it. Yeah. And so what, what I do is every time I do my business, I just use the little black doggy bag to pick up all my toilet paper. So I still dig yeah. my hole. I still put my droppings in the hole. Right. But I carry the toilet paper out. I tie the top, so I use a different bag for each day or each, each go. use. Each okay. poop. Yeah. It goes into my little poop sack where I keep my deuce of spades and my TP and my hand sanitizer. Yeah. I never have to look at it because I used to try to just you know, carry a Ziploc. Uh-huh. But then you've got to look through the Ziploc. <laughs> it's really gross. And I'm convinced that that's one reason why people don't do it. Don't, don't do want to carry it out. And yeah. the doggy bags are great. I mean, they yeah. weigh next to nothing. Yeah, they, 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 they do. They weigh next to nothing. And it's a, it's a barrier, you know, yeah. right? So, I mean, if you're picking up dog poop with it, you can probably pick up toilet paper with it. Yeah, it's true. So, your hand never has to touch the toilet paper again on the ground because you sort of put the bag around your hand. Yeah. And then just drop it all off in yeah, a trash when can when town. you get to town. Exactly. And it's, it's I wish really... I would have had a bag uh, a couple days ago when I went hiking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now that you've learned Mike's trail tip, maybe Yes. Because I think but we I, still I, have a roll of those. I needed I needed a grocery bag oh, for boy. my mess. Oh dear. Oh oh <laughs> Lord. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh man. Well, oh my gosh, please stop laughing. It wasn't. I'm going to try, Mike, I'm going to take your tip out to the woods and I'm going to try it. uh, Right here in the backyard? No, not in the backyard when we go hike Collegiate West in a couple weeks. Okay. And speaking of Collegiate West, I just found out that in fact the late Paul Mignanti is heading the opposite direction that you will be heading. So you will be running into the late Paul Mignotti at some point in the next day or two. And it would be really great if you pretend to not know who he is. <laughs> yeah. Have, you know, you, I, have you met him? I have never met him, but oh, I yes. feel like I know who he is because yeah. before my first thru-hike, I yeah. bought the Yogi Guide, and this was back in 2005, 2006, right. and Paul Mags yeah. played a huge role in the that The late book. Paul Mags. It, when, yeah. when you see him, you, gotta, you just don't, don't say hello or anything. You just say... Go suck eggs in Boston. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No, I really want to meet him. That would be great. That would be great. I feel like I've learned a lot from reading his blog. And sure. He's got, I, I, I love his sort of, Yeah, I love his sort of budget trail tips. I, oh, I really yeah. respect that. Yeah. He's got some good good stuff up there, but you're, you're definitely going to cross paths with him. Good. Yeah, so uh, tell him we said hello. I will. And uh, I think he's in a really good mood right now because... He's not <laughs> working. He's fun employed. Uh. <laughs> Which is a good place to be for anybody. All right. Is that our trail tip? Oh, I got to hit the music. Yeah. What would you like to cover next, B.O.D.? iTunes Top 5. iTunes Top 5. So, iTunes Top 5 for this month is going to be me encouraging Trail Show Nation to go on iTunes and leave a review. I can't do iTunes Top 5 unless I've got something to read. So, folks, don't make me get on my knees and beg you. Please go to iTunes. This won't cost, like, if you want a koozie, that's going to cost you 15 bucks. It's true. iTunes review costs you $0. And, and you it, get your name on the air, on the we'll read, recording. We'll read it. You write it, we'll read it. And we've got a bad iTunes review up there that I'm waiting to read, but I need a couple more. I can't, right. just, can't just read one. It's got to be five. That's right. So go to iTunes. Uh, we, we'd love it if you'd hit five stars. If you're not so inclined, we don't care. Just leave a review. 
What do you think? Review people. I think it's great. Maybe I'll re- leave a review. You should. Delo's left a review before under a fake name. <laughs> Everything he does is fake. <laughs> well, come on. Are you saying the Ask a Hiker questions are fake? How dare you? Not all of them. Just a few? Yeah. Just some here and there? Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. We do have a little bit of breaking news. Breaking news. You can Oscar get a- Blues has just bought Coors Light. <laughs> no, that is, in <laughs> fact, fake news, P.O.D. Just like that little bit you ran about the Sasquatch True. and Gl- Glenwood True Springs news. attacking people. Confirmed. Okay. DNA for- samples. Uh, let me hit the music again. For $15, you can get a trail show koozie and a couple of blood orange IPA stickers. And a free envelope. P.O.D., back to you. Okay. Uh, well, what else should we do? We've got a... Uh, we can do whatever we want. Let's, you want to do a little mailbag? Sure. Let me just set this down. <laughs> we getting letters this month? We did. Let me just flip to that pagina. Was that... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't we see the letter carrier come in with like a slumped shoulder because the mailbag was so big and cumbersome? No, because these all came through via the internet. Okay, very good. But the internet had a slumped shoulder. In fact, it was out for 24 hours because of the mailbag. Yeah, it was out for 24 hours. Okay, we only have two two letters that I've chosen from the millions to read. I only chose two. Only two? Yep. That seems a little thin. Okay, Nick Espinosa from Facebook. Hey, Espinosa. What size is that pasta bowl? Espinosa hey. is not Italian. Oh, my bad. Writes to tell us to stop harping on Cuba because they've been suffering from 60 years of oppression and they don't actually have high-speed internet all over the island. Because I'm always talking about Mm. downloads in Cuba. Well, we got our download in Cuba. We don't care anymore. Yeah, and you know, Mr. Señor Espinosa, let me just say that, come on, have you not listened to the show? Do you not know everything is tongue-in-cheek? We weren't harping what on Cuba. What do you Cuba. mean, tongue in cheek? Every, I, we're a very serious. I was not podcast. harping on Cuba. I'm harping on out of order. That that's who I was harping upon. That's my target because he's Cuban. So it has nothing to do with Cuba. But we do need a download from their people. <laughs> we got one. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, item number two. Okay. This is a letter. It says, "Dear Trail Show, Salida is such a great town." We have enjoyed our stay here so much. Almost makes us want to move here post-trail. The CDT and Colorado specifically has definitely been heavy on the BRU brutality <laughs> and also the BREW brutality. I like it. When we finish hiking, we plan to go back to San Diego to visit the ocean and to look for Buck 30 because we hear that he lives there too. We read his journal. We read in his journal that he has a lot of dental issues. <laughs> And we have heard from listening to the trail show that he has a terrible trail diet. I'm not a dentist, but I am a nurse. And I would love to help him with some unsolicited food choice changes. I'm not talking about going full zoner, but a few small changes might help avoid future emergency root canals. Lots of love. Chicory of Chicory and Ho-Ho. This is Buck 30, and I never do trail maintenance while listening to the trail show. Or ever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that just that was just sent in from Buck Thirty. We have to mention, like I didn't realize this until this past week. Apparently, this man has had not one but two emergency root canals on during the Hot Springs Trail on the Hot Springs Trail this summer. Like two different teeth, 
two different months. Like they happened independent of each other, and he had to get off trail twice to get root canals. Like That's I've insane. never, I don't even know if I've ever heard of someone getting off trail to get one root canal. Mike, have you? <laughs> no, but I'll tell you, I, I got, I broke two teeth on the AT. Oh, one eating kidding. almonds and the next eating popcorn. And I had never had a crown before. I had to get two crowns. But I, it wasn't so – I made it through the trail. I did not want to get off in some small town in Virginia yeah. Yeah. for a dentist. So you, you just dealt with the tooth pain and hiked on. Yeah. What well, teeth? Was it front teeth? No, it was back away. Back teeth. Front Mullers. teeth? Who chews with their front teeth? Don't you have friends that chew with their front teeth? That's true. I do. Macgyver yeah. and T-Dub are both front chewers. Yeah, it's a strange it's phenomenon. terrible. Actually, it's horrible. Breaking it's a front un- tooth would be unnerving. unfortunate. But yeah. Anyway, this chicory and hoho, they're the ones that um, that gave us a beer donation that we used to go to our pre show beers. Our, our little pre show drinkathon. Yes, I met them this morning at the Little Red Hen Bakery just a few blocks away. We had a lovely coffee it's this the morning. Best bakery in Salida. Before best bakery in Colorado. What? Uh, yeah. What? That's a bold statement, POD. Met them right before they headed up into the lovely weather that we're having today. It's a good so. bakery, but it does not come anywhere close to the Stahican Bakery. Let's, I said Colorado. Okay, okay. I'm just, just. I said wanna, Colorado. I just want to qualify things. What do you think? What do you think? Oh, the Stahican's pretty special. No, no, I, I know, oh, but Colorado. just, just about this bakery in general. What do you think? You've it, been there a couple times now. It was delicious, and the owner is super nice. Yes, he's so great nice. Great coffee, great yep. atmosphere. Yeah, highly recommend it. Yeah, it's a good spot. Yeah. Okay. That's all I have for mailbag. Do we Senor? have any donors or? Yes, we do. Matter of fact, I think this this segment might take an hour. It might take an hour, so get ready, people. Turn the volume up, people. About Gra- to read the donors. Grab a beverage. We've got Bernard Wolf. Hey, Gummy Bear. We got Russ, not Fuss Kinder. Kinda. Craig Pisco Gully. What oh, a guy! I was going to make you a Pisco. I never did. I can still do that. The night is young. Yeah, there's still We're going to go till 2 a.m. What a guy. Just with these donors. We got Chris Smith. Gringo. Madness. Bobby Walters. The. Joshua Bowdown to Job Bowden. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a trail name, P.O. Yeah, I know. Diane Pinkerstein. By the way, he just had a birthday. Yeah, I mentioned it in the last show. Okay, very good. Two months gone by now. Uh, Diane Pinkers, who is just on our little... Pinkerstein! There she is. Pinkerstein. David Vitti. Hey! Justin Quality Knowles. Quality. Jason Lurch, not Church Dean. Not Church. Ingrid Gerard. Vermont. <laughs> she's probably up in one of those cabins right now. Ingrid. Yeah, she's hanging out with Mike uh, from the Green Mountain yeah. Club. You know, yeah. they're doing retro hikes. Samuel Emery. The board. <laughs> Rudy from Cascade Hiker Podcast. Rudy! Woo, by the way, he has solicited an interview, so you might find either Disco or I or both of us on there in the near future. We'll see. Oh, that's going to be fun. Uh, Jeffrey, not Sessions Caldwell. <laughs> Here we go with all the Sessions talk. Jeffrey, not Beauregard Sessions Caldwell, I should oh my say. God. Uh, Buddy Sessoms, not Sessions. Florida. Oh, man. I hope he's doing okay. Yeah, he's we need to check in with Buddy. Yeah. Pat the Bouncer Dixon. The Bouncer. Who, by the way, Clay Jacobson, I must say, is a phenomenal guitar player. Yeah. And he's been posting a few videos on the Facebook of him playing guitar. 
and singing, and he wants to he wants to actually have like a little jam session with Pat well, Dixon. I've got a little something I need to mention. When we go to our next break, not just a second, but when we go to our next break, we've got a new ditty from Pat the Whoa. Bouncer Dixon. So get ready. I think Clay's coming to the gathering. So maybe if Pat comes too, they can both bring their instruments and they can rock out. They and can Bobby have a little will be session. there. Bobby will be there with his electric cello. Bobby Walters? No, Bobby. Bobby. Bobcat? Bobcat. Yeah. Ah, Bobcat Stacy. Yes. Very good. Me and Bobby just had a little talk about Joe Rogan, which I'm not allowed to speak about on the air. Okay. Then don't. Okay. Okay, we had a lot of one-offs this week. Apparently, everybody wants to get their hands on a Sage koozie. On one of these. That's right. Hot off the presses, limited release, special edition, trail show koozies. That's right. Uh, It's raining koozies. David Westfall. David. Trevor Bowman. Ball man. The bull. The, wait a minute. Is that his trail name? The bull? The bull. Okay. It's Trevor the Bowling Ball Bullman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm soaking that in. Go ahead. Sure. Uh, Phil Philip Gilbert. Phil. I feel like he's donated before. Uh, Rachel Merchant. Merch. Thomas McGee. Trip VIP. Big ups, Tom. Dennis Hanlon, who donated twice, like within 20 minutes. Yeah, Dennis... What? We appreciate that. Yeah, we do. That's that's a real pat on the back. Yeah, we appreciate the double donation. Yep. Double down. Norman Forbes. Norman. Joseph Idel the second. Idel. Keeping it Idel, man. Keeping it Idel. Dayton Cohen. Dayton. Dayton. What up? It's a great name. Thanks for the donation. Ryan Johnson. Johnson. Ryan the Huge Johnson. Hey, 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 hey. That's a strong name, the Huge. <laughs> Who knew? The Huge. The Huge. Y- Ryan. Y-U-G-E. Yeah, Ryan the Huge Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, River West Automotive Service. Big up, River West. <laughs> if you got car needs, they will take care of you. That's right. You go to River West. They'll hook it up. That's right. They'll f- you got, you Are got they problems? local? No. Are they no. We, we have no idea. No, we have no idea. Wow. But they donated to the show, and we can recommend them. That's right. <laughs> Big trail show fans. They'll give you the trail show discount. Yeah. It's like a dollar off a That's right. $500 repair. Michael Irvine. Huh? Irvine. And Chicory and Ho-Ho. Chicory Ho. This is the longest list of one-offs yeah, I, know. I think we've ever had. So, And then for the beer, same thing. We Thomas McGee for this show and like 100 more. We've got Iron Mike, Iron Mike the Face Tat Unger, and <laughs> Chicory and Ho-Ho. <laughs> yeah, he, his Face Tat actually puts Mike Tyson's it to does. shame. It does. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty I, bold. I've been known to bite ears off, too. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. All right, we're going to break. Oh, should, I'm sorry, was that it? We should also mention, I'm just going to throw this out here. I know that, that, that Iron Mike doesn't want me to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh-oh, uh-oh. We have in the room here a double, triple crowner. Did you know this? Double, triple. Double, triple, double down. You should have gotten another face tap for the oh. other triple crown. Yeah. You could have double for face each taps. each one. On both, one on one side, one on the other. Yeah. Would have been cool. I'm coming after Lint. Ah, <laughs> oh, you heard it here first. He's on your heels, Lint. <laughs> you better you better pick up the that's pace. Right. Uh, that's all the donors I have. That was a lot of donors. It was a lot. That, ke- it took an hour. Yep. The, the trail show koozies are not going to last forever, people. 
So, and they're not. We've already, I think we've gone through half of the stash. That's right. And we're not going to mention how many were in the stash. We're not but, going to. But just know that half are gone. So if 50%. You, if you want to be the envy of all your hiker buds when you're hoisting a tasty little beverage. That's right. You go ahead and get yourself a trail show koozie. All right, we're going to break with Pat the Bouncer Dixon, Ooh, ladies and bring gentlemen. It. This is brand new from Pat and the Delicious Three. And Pat will be at the gathering in Keystone, Colorado. So get your tickets. You might even be able to listen to Pat play a ditty. All right, let's go to break. This is Gummy Bear, and I never listen to the trail show. Liar. Gummy. Gummy, how dare you? There was an off chance Gummy was going to stop by the house today. But, but he dissed us. We never heard from him, so I guess we'll just have to go right in to ask a hiker. All right, here we go. All right, I think we got a couple questions this evening. And I think we got four, and I think what we should do is start with the first one and finish with the last one. Oh, should we? So what we should do. <laughs> All right, what do we got, Mike? What's our first question? All right, the first question is from Dayton, who I remember oh, yes, he Dayton was Cohen. a contributor. Yeah. Very nice. Greetings from Rhode Island, birthplace of the late Paul Magnotti. Oh, bless his heart. <laughs> the late. <laughs> I've been thinking about donating for a long time, and the opportunity to get a trail show koozie finally motivated me to do- donate. Cool. The show is so awesome and makes my long distance commute from Providence to Boston a, a little more tolerable. Oof, I have rough. an ask and hike a hiker question. Sweet. All right. One must go through several pairs of hiking footwear over the course of a long distance hike. How do you break in new shoes? Do you buy a few pair and break them in before you leave and then ship them along to yourself on the trail? Do you buy new ones en route and break mm. them in on the trail? I haven't done more than a week long hike. Uh, at a time, and I'm always thinking about logistics of a long-distance hike. I think I could pull off a long trail or a Northville slash Placid Hut trail. Yeah. Never heard of that trail. That's no. one of Dilo's favorites. We need to uh, highlight that. Yeah. Uh, and still remain employed, employed and, and married. married. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did Dilo uh, write this question? This yeah, I wonder if Dilo actually wrote this question. <laughs> and it's his lifelong dream to hike the AT. Thanks, and keep up the good work, Dayton. Also, his PS that his 11 year old son loves the show and insists on listening to it. So that's awesome. Aww. Oh, very cool. So, oh, and it also said that his 11 year old's favorite episodes were always when Squatch was on. That's because Squatch oh. always talks about. That's what Squatch always talks about poop. I mean, yeah. what 11 year old boy doesn't want to talk about poop? That's true. You yeah, know? and farts. Well, it's a good farts. question, and there's actually, I think, a couple of different answers to it. I mean, I think a lot of it depends on the trail. Um, if you're 
particular to one brand of shoe or one model of that brand of shoe, it might make sense to buy all your shoes beforehand. But I would I would submit that most long distance hikers, mm-hmm. excuse me, they are they are partial to one kind of shoe. Yeah, there are people like Skittles and out of order that I think can just they right. have a weird foot and they can just buy whatever they want and make it work. Yeah, but most people I think are partial to one kind of shoe, and I think a lot of people kind of buy them as they go, or you know, order them as they go, but they don't break or whatever, but they don't break them in first. Yeah, because I think if you have the right kind of shoe. You probably don't need to break it in that much. Right. What do you and, think? And we all use trail runners. And so yeah. it's not like the big, heavy leather yeah. boots of yesteryear that right. hikers wear that uh, you don't need to break them in. I mean, in general, I, get, I try to get close to 500 miles per pair. Some, yeah. some shoes break down more quickly. Sure. Yeah. And I'll tell you one trick that I've been using the last few hikes, and that's ordering off of Zappos.com. Yeah, you told us about this. Yeah. I've never heard of this. It this is, is amazing. Incredible. So Zappos is an online shoe company that Amazon bought a couple of years ago, but they sell more than just shoes. Okay. Uh, in fact, when I broke a, a set of trekking poles last year on the Pacific Northwest Trail, I ordered a new pair off Zappos. Trekking poles. Trekking poles. Okay. And so the great thing about it is if you sign up for their VIP program, which is free, you just got to ask for it, you get free 24-hour shipping anywhere in the U.S. That's incredible. And, I, and you, you were saying that you were in Darby, Montana, which is the middle of nowhere CDT. Yeah, worse than that. I was on this ranch because there was, it was like their, <laughs> it was their rodeo days or, days whatever. Yeah. or whatever. So there were no rooms. I was staying at this ranch in the middle of nowhere. The day before I got into Derby, my shoes were just delaminating. They were falling apart. Yeah. I, got a, I got a cell signal. I ordered a pair of shoes, and they arrived at noon the next day at this ranch. In the middle of nowhere. In the That's middle crazy. of nowhere. And, and so, no extra charge. No extra charge. That's... I mean, you're paying full freight for shoes, Yeah. but, you know, but it's totally worth it. Yeah. It's a great service. Yeah, and if you're desperate and you're on trail and you don't have wheels and you don't have yeah. access to a shoe store, yeah, being able to get a pair of shoes within 24 hours to a remote location is worth paying full price. It is worth paying full price. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And for me, I can't buy shoes in a normal shoe store. My my feet, uh, they don't stock my size. Okay. So ordering online is my only option. Yeah. Okay. And so it it really has been a lifesaver. Cool. On trail. Well, and speaking of breaking time, real quick, I I actually don't. You know, like you were saying with trail runners, I I don't really think that. I mean, for me, breaking time is like I might wear them once if I walk to the post office and back yeah. at the house before I hit the trail with them. Like there really is no breaking time with no. trail runners. But you know, back in the days of like high top leather boots, things were different, right? Of course. Yeah. But yeah. with trail runners now, you just put them on and go. Yep. Right. Cool. So, All right. All right. There you go, Dayton. Question number two. What do we have? My significant other and I are planning a hike of the long trail together this fall. We've both done a lot of hiking with friends and done a couple of overnight trips together. We don't live together, but uh, we've never pooped in front of each other. What? Here we go with the poop talk. Never farted in front of each other and always light a million matches in the bathroom (laughs) when we go to each other's places. It seems like long distance hikers talk about pooping and farting a lot. I'm not sure where he gets that idea. I don't know. I've never heard heard such a thing. (laughs) Will this happen to us? Hmm. Will we spend our evenings gazing at the stars while gassing each other out? (laughs) Will we just be nonchalantly chatting about the ins and outs 
uh, well, mostly outs of daily deposits while uh, chomping on kale chips, dehydrated <laughs> tofu jerky. Should we break the ice before beginning the trail? What do you recommend? Bull snore and booty bomb. Wow. That's a great wow. Did, did D'Lo write this Maybe. question? He sent, us some, he sent us some... It seems like a D'Lo question. I mean, he's the only guy I know that eats kale chips, so it's got... true. Yeah. yeah. You know, everybody poops. Yeah. yeah. So well, you, know, you got it, to break the ice. It's funny because I hiked with Naomi, the Punisher, who is the partner of uh, Iron Mike, the face tat unger. Yeah. So uh, she and I had a lot of time this summer in Idaho to hike together, and... Um, we both enjoy a good fart and a good burp. Yeah. She's a much better burper than I am. Hmm. And it was pretty great because I think she and I are both with partners who don't appreciate when we fart what? and burp. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. And we talked about that. But it was great because we'd be sitting there having our snack and one person would be talking and the other person would just rip this giant fart. And then we'd both just erupt in the laughter. We'd play some fart pong, you know. Anyway, um, but she, she recently just sent me an article about how uh, there's research around the fact that people, couples who fart in front of each other actually stay together longer. This is lies. This is fake news. And so this now is... every time I fart and Disco gets upset, I'm, saying, I'm just trying to show you how much I want to be with you. Oh, my God, uh, people. What do you guys think? What, what's... I think it's uh, a, so. They they're asking if they should break the ice. It's like breaking no. in the shoes. I think they should continue as they've been doing. <laughs> Where they go to separate rooms to do whatever they got to do, they, there should be no breaking of the ice. There's no separate rooms when you're camped together. Then someone has to leave the tent. <laughs> or isn't there a product uh, oh, out yeah. there that you were telling us about? Well, that might be another option. Yeah, there's a there's a brand new product I just saw an ad for, <laughs> which is sort of like a charcoal. Underwear that's supposed to absorb <laughs> all of the odors. <laughs> I, I haven't tried it. Yeah, but uh, we but should see if Purple Rain would be willing to to like have a spot for a charcoal insert in her skirt. But it would still come out like. But here's the I, no, thing. I, I know, right? Here's the thing. The thing is, is that you see, you see, it, well, the odor is one thing, but sometimes when I fart, Disco says to me, "You fart like a man." No, like a like a a homeless a man. Homeless man. That's what is, he I says. Think, was my quote. And I think it's more the sound that really bothers him. When they're really, really loud, he gets upset. It's horrible, people. It's <laughs> absolutely horrible. So I, I think I should mention that when you're hiking, you know, you're you're putting a lot of stress on your body. You're eating a lot of foods that you might be used to. Yeah. yeah. And farting can be a little dangerous. It's true. Oh, you can yeah. gotta be you a can, little careful You out can there. gamble and lose. I've I've done it lots of times. I've lost a lot. Yeah, you can uh, roll you can roll the dice and get a bad hand. <laughs> if you know what I'm trying. You gotta fart with baggage if you know what I'm saying. Alright, for the love of God, let's go to the next Anyway, question, yes, please. the answer is you should definitely fart in front of each other yeah. before you hit out. But you don't need to poop in front of each other. No, that's, that's horrible, please. Like that, that broad they called the county dump. The county oh, my dump. God. That's Squatch's Story girlfriend. Story for another day. Squatch's girlfriend. Question number three. All right. Did Swami and Dirt Monker carry guns while they were there on <laughs> a hiking trip in Bolivia? I realized that I could ask them directly, but since you both have, since they both have been on the trail show in the past, I figured you probably would have the inside scoop. It's true. We always do. Yeah. I hear it's really dangerous down there hiking. In the Andes, and that you need a gun and a place to shower if you're ever going to make the hike. 
Oh, and man. it looks like two looks slim from Snapchat sent that question. That's interesting. We don't even have a Snapchat account. Yeah, I uh, can't count the number of times I've been asked whether I carry a gun. Oh, it, trail. Yeah. I can't count the number of times I've had to use my gun on trail. Well, I actually, <laughs> I relayed this question to Swami and I asked him directly, Swami, did you carry a gun? Oh, no, I know it's coming. Are you going to play a clip? Oh, I well, well. Now that you mention it, I, oh, I su- no. I suppose I could, but I, I, I did ask Swami this question, and he was kind enough to send in an, an audio response. It was um, so. Let's yeah, let's go to a clip. The man or no, beast that I, I knew it ain't been born, and his mama's already dead. I ain't running from nothing. I never have in my whole life, and I ain't gonna start now. And you're not gonna sacrifice my babies. For some damn bear. And I raised both hands in the air and I cussed at him. Yeah, get out of you. Yeah. And he looked at me like, go F yourself. Wow. That, Swami, that, that was. That's an interesting <laughs> Australian accent that Swami has. Yeah, it's like his accent changed a little bit. But I don't know. Maybe that's the Bolivian thing down yeah. there. Mm hmm. So Swami says no. As a matter of fact, he he didn't need to carry a gun because you he know just raises he his just arms, raises his fists giant Australian fist starts pounding people with his fist. He doesn't need a gun. All right. Okay. I think we got one more question. One more. Maybe a water gun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> question four. Hey Disco. My name is Charles M. I'm a Wa- Washington State University student residing. Well within God's country. Oh, okay. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? <laughs> yeah, well, the Clackamas. That's, oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, that's in Washington. Yeah, you're that's, right. Okay, that's, that's a Swami. Country. That's a Swami thing. Okay. okay. In the winter, the land of the Lord is, well, uninhabitable. <laughs> in order to get around this, my friend and I are interested in hiking a one to two week section of the Arizona Trail. Ooh. This would be the first time either of us will have done a trip like this, and we're very excited at the prospect. Although we are not experienced through hikers, we have done a lot of day hikes throughout Washington. We are not scared of the extra work uh, in the place of the, ri- the, ring, the ring cons, cons may yeah. offer. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's a word it's very scary. Yeah, that is. Is there any guidance you could offer uh, as someone who has hiked most of the tra- trail? Beyond that, maybe even advice about these extended hikes in general. Hmm. I've read Trauma's book on ultralight ultra light. Hiking, Hi- yeah. hiking, and I'm an Eagle Scout, hey so I have a good foundation, but I am nowhere near ready. Beyond that, I wanted to say that I love the trail show. You guys are honestly a huge bright spot in my commute, walking 20 minutes multiple times a day to class. You're a big inspiration for me to get on the trail. Love, Charles. No, tra- no trail name yet. All right, Charles, it, you just so happen to ask this question at the right time because... I hiked 600 miles of the AZT earlier this year, but Mike actually hiked the entire length, yeah. all 800 miles of the AZT this year. And both of us are familiar with the Rincons. And both of us, we kind of talked about this before we turn on the mics today. So the deal with the Rincons, it's a, it's kind of a Sky Island range in southern Arizona, uh, somewhat near Tucson, a little bit east of Tucson. Um, the problem with the Rincons is that you top out at 8,000 feet. And if you're at 8,000 feet in the winter months, you're going to most likely be on a lot of snow. And not only that, it's going to be a lot of cold nighttime temperatures. So we're talking about like winter hiking, winter camping. It wouldn't actually be much of a reprieve from Washington, at least at 8,000 feet. 
Now, if you were to hike, um, the climb up the Rincons actually starts at 3,000 feet. So that's much more of a, you know, that's Sonoran Desert. It's a lot warmer. You're still going to have really cold nights in the winter. My, my recommendation would be find someone who lives down there, maybe even contact the Arizona Trail Association and, and kind of lay out the dates you're thinking about coming down there and see what they recommend and what advice they could give you. I mean, I've never done any winter hiking on the Arizona Trail, um, and I don't know that I would. I would definitely be hesitant to go to 8,000 feet in January. Yeah, it'd be really rough. So I, I hiked in the Recons in early April this year, and I camped at 3,000 feet right before the mountain range. Yep. It was probably 85 degrees during the day. Yeah. The next morning, I climbed 3,000 feet up. There was three inches of new snow and about 40 degrees. Yeah. So it's a completely different ecosystem up there and it can be really harsh and really cold yeah i I, I would not want to do that in the winter i wouldn't either and you know it's all of all of the rincons that's in saguaro national park and the trails are good the trails are maintained but you're still walking into a very much a winter a cold winter environment yeah i think the reality is that the the kind of desert southwest for people who have not visited, I think they envision it as a desert, like a yeah. low desert. And there is a lot of that in the desert southwest. But the desert southwest is not like the Sahara. It's mountainous. There's all these little tiny mountain ranges that exist all over, not just in Arizona, but in Nevada and yeah. Utah and New Mexico. And it's kind of hard to string together say 200 miles of trail without having to go through one of those little tiny mountain ranges and yeah it though they are the real deal i'm i mean they they're mountains so yeah i mean when i drove down to to hike with you on the on the azd during spring break at Last the end of, week march, of march i was driving down towards flagstaff and i could see humphreys right yeah mount humphreys and i was thinking to myself are we gonna hike over there because that looks like that's I don't have a the glacier. right. I don't have the right. <laughs> I definitely don't have the right gear for that. I mean, it was completely snowbound all yeah. the way down to the base. Right. So it is the highest point. No, in Arizona, I know, but I'm but just saying. Yeah. People don't envision that. People who haven't visited Arizona to think in New Mexico as well to think about the diversity of all these little tiny mountain ranges and the fact that it's snowy. And when I hiked with you, I'm, I'm thinking about it right now. Mm-hmm. The hike that I did with you. And it was so cold. Yeah. I mean, not just because it was snow actively snowing, but I mean, the, the temperature, it was so cold. And it was we were, so windy and freezing. And we were not at 8,000 feet. No. We were below yeah. 8,000 feet. So think about instead of late March, think about like late January. Yeah, exactly. At an even higher yeah, elevation. No. It would be pretty miserable. Yeah, I mean, if you're into that kind of hiking, it'd be great, but it sounds like this person wants a break from <laughs> right. the snow and cold. And so what I would like to throw out there, and we could probably throw out a couple of suggestions, but I would submit like Bid, Big Bend National Park in southern, southern Texas might be a better option for a winter hike. Um, the Ozark Highlands Trail yeah, yeah. That, recently think- featured on the trail show, and parts of the Ozark Trail, same thing. Is there another um, trail in Texas that we haven't talked about? I feel like there's another trail in Texas that there, we... there's the Lone Star Trail. Yes, and I'm. It's, I don't know anything about it's, it. It's not nearly as far south as Big okay. Bend is, and I'm not sure w- what the temps would be in the winter. Yeah. 
they might be better than 8,000 feet in Arizona, though. Um, yeah. The Bent Mackay Trail, it could be pretty damn cold. I mean, southern Appalachians in the winter yeah, is, sure. is chilly. Um, Florida Trail? Ugh. <laughs> you could rollerblade on the Florida Trail sometime in uh, January if you're so inclined. But anyway, there, there's some options out there that are probably going to be a little warmer than 8,000 feet in Arizona. Yeah. So we'll just... Why don't we just leave it at that yeah. and Charles can figure it out. Or just go to Baja and do a bunch of drinking. You go to Hawaii. There's hiking to tons be in Hawaii. Hawaii. It's tons a little expensive to get over there. But yeah. The Nepali coast. What We have helicopters. Is there like a jump team coming in? I think Kim Jong-un <laughs> is flying over right now. <laughs> to the Bobby Walter studio. All right. We're going to yeah, go. Let's go on. Let's move on. Well, no. We're going to go. Oh. We're going to take one last break real quick. We're going to come back and finish up the show with uh, our tent steak review, which is... You know, it's one of our most coveted segments. That's right. And what else do we have? We've got some audio from Special 41. That's right. All right. So don't go anywhere. The Last break. We'll be back. Hurry up. Go to the bathroom. This is Aladdin on the PCT, and I never listen to the trail show. Aladdin sent Aladdin. us that clip huh. from the trail. We appreciate nice. it. And by the way, send in uh, send in your own promo clip. Yeah. We'll play it. Make it good. Send it to Make inf- it spicy. info at thetrailshow.com. Picante. We're playing them, folks. Send them in. Especially if you're in Cuba, send us one. Oh, forget about Cuba. I'm done with Cuba. <laughs> Never again, and I'm done with the soap. No, actually, Cuba's just gone through a very terrible, terrible yeah. hurricane, as has southern Florida, the Keys, and Texas. And the Virgin Islands got messed up, Yes, too. and a lot of those little tiny islands, oh man, they got flattened. It's crazy. All right, Special 41 has been in Isle Royal National Park, and I'm very jealous and I'm very envious because... It's one of the the places I definitely want to go to at some point. Yeah, there's a pretty cool little ecological thing going on out there with the the moose and the wolves. Mm-hmm. And there's a little go figure. Yeah, back Symbiotic. and forth every year. Yeah, one population goes up, the other goes down, and vice, vice versa. versa. Anyway, Jinx. So he was out there. Does that mean I can't speak? Mm-hmm. No. Punch bug. <laughs> uh, so he was out there. Uh, I think just what two weeks ago. And he sent us some audio, so let's see what Special was up to. Hey, everybody, this is Special. And Zool. Uh, and we're coming at you from Illinois. Um, let's see, we've been, it's been a while since we've checked in. I think last we, we talked, I was getting ready to, where, where were we going? Right Isle Royal. Isle Royal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's see, we, we went up to Isle Royal and had a pretty good time. It's the most secluded national park in many ways because there's a giant lake of a moat around it. Um, it's in the middle of Lake Superior and it's, it's probably about like a three and a half hour boat ride. Would you say? Yes. We took the boat from the UPA. Yeah. Upper Peninsula. Um, and then went up to, uh, to the Island for a few days. We backpacked out for, uh, three nights. Yep. And stayed in a couple of shelters, which was kind of cool. Um, and kind of cheating, but that's okay. Yeah. But it was all right. It was, it was pretty cool. 
let's see, we did probably like 16, no, I guess we did 16 in two days, and then it's like 30 overall. Yeah. But, yep, that was a good time. Saw a couple of moose while we were there. Amanda got, like, penned in by some. Yeah, turns out when you try to go take your clothes out of the dryer and there are moose in the way, uh, it's not really what you want. Not really what you want. So we had a good time there, um, and then went and spent about a week in, like, basically the town where uh, where Michigan Tech is. It's Houghton. Houghton. Uh, and we were doing a hot spot week there, so working with Hungarian Falls. Um, it's been purchased by the Keweenaw Land Trust, and we worked with Nathan up there. Hi, What's up, Nathan. What's up, Nathan? And uh, they they purchased it and have been trying to rehabilitate it and protect it and get the lower falls uh, sort of on the same page as well so that they can keep the place pretty cool. Following that, we went to a couple of different University of Wisconsin towns. We went to La Crosse. And then to River Falls. And we did trainer courses on two successive weekends, so we... We're out with some uh, some young folk from the uh, the universities. Training some trainers. Yeah, getting them all wisened up about how to uh, spread the good word of leave no trace. So hopefully they'll continue to do that. That's been pretty much it. We caught up on a bunch of work. We did a video that we needed to do. Watch the video. I've been playing a few video games. Which is Nerd. Weird. Yeah, like I, I haven't I haven't played video games in forever, like years and years and years. So it's been been kind of fun. And then uh, we're on our way to Prairie Days in Ohio. Yep, Greenville, Ohio. And so come on out. I guess, well, no, we'll be there like the day after tomorrow, so this won't air by then. So don't come out for that. You missed it. Sorry. Uh, but do come check us out at like the Springfield Gorge hotspot. Yep, um, so it's the Mad River Gorge and Nature Preserve. You should totally come check it out. It's in Springfield, Ohio. And then the following weekend, October 7th and 8th, you should come join us at Outdoor Expo, which is at Eastwood Metro Park in Dayton. Yeah, so we're doing that, and then going to be making our way a little south as well. Got some events down on the bayou. That's later. We go to Virginia first. I know, but I'm looking forward to the bayou and the Creole food. You just really like saying bayou. I do. Bayou. Uh, So, yeah, I guess with that, we'll uh, say bayou for now, and uh, we'll we'll catch up with you next time. Trail show. Later. And we're back. Special. What a, a hell of a clip, man. <laughs> Thanks for sending. That guy's getting around. <laughs> he's getting it's around. Impressive. And apparently he's in Chicago tonight hanging out with Trail Show listeners. That's awesome. Hopefully uh, hoisting bet, a few good Chicago uh, beers and maybe some deep dish pizza. I bet they're drinking some beers and eating some pies. Yep. For I sure. hope so. He better better be That's doing right. something. But anyway... Special thanks for the clip. We look forward to having you back in studio Looking someday. Looking forward to seeing you at the gathering where Special will be oh, doing a talk. I almost forgot. On his 14ers through hike. Yes. So and, come check it out. And I hear he's going to be doing a backcountry bidet demo. Yes. Yeah, like like a full demo, right? Yep, full demo. No clothes. No clothes. I mean, just. <laughs> that will, that will definitely be the highlight of the gathering. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we've got a gear review, Beauty. Oh, yeah. We should do. Guess what we're going to review tonight? Are you reviewing? Can anyone guess? Tent steaks? Tent steaks, tent steaks, tent steaks, tent steaks, tent steaks, tent steaks. Yes. All right. What do we have? What well, kind of tent steak? Tonight, we have a dual purpose item, just like last month we did the Pulaski, which is very useful. Did we do the Pulaski last No, we did the Collins Axe. Yeah, the Collins similar, Axe. Similar. Uh, so... What we have tonight is something much more lightweight, something you're already carrying if you're a normal person. If you're not carrying this, I don't trust you. Sunglasses. So you can use 
the uh, what do you call that? The part on the side, the side of the sunglasses, the the arm, the arm. Thank you. As a tent stake, beauty. Yes, this is a stretch. It's not. You have to be. It has to be the right kind of ground. It no, no, no. It has to be the right kind of sunglass, like yes, titanium or no. Yeah, are you kidding me? You're gonna put a plastic uh, sunglass? Like, I do it all. Frame. The, I do it all the time. Oh, is this okay? Personal experience. Maybe for snow camping. No, not just for snow camping, but but also just as long as the ground's not too hard, you can. As long as you can get in there a couple inches, you have to be very careful. You have to hold the sunglasses arm right at the base where you're pushing it in, and then why are you drowning me out? And then you can. This sta- is bogus. No. Mike. This no. is a bogus trail tent And then you here. can stabilize it with a few rocks, a few small rocks. A s- your sunglasses. Bada boom, bada bing. We're going to do it on our hike in two weeks. We're going to use a sunglasses for one of our stakes. You, you, we can use yours. Okay. Because I actually like want my sunglasses to last the entire hike. So, you know, on night one, if you're cool with breaking your sunglasses, then I can watch you set up the yep. tent with them. But well, I'm only for one, not for all of them. I'm not saying bring... 10 pairs of sunglasses to use them as tent stakes. Now, do you I'm need to... in a pinch. Do you need to sharpen pinch. sharpen the end of the yeah. frame down to a point nope. so that it, you know, make it real sharp? So, because then you then we're talking multi-purpose here. That could be like a defensive weapon, too. Yeah, but also you have then a very sharp thing on your head. True. Seems like a bad idea. What do you think, Mike? You're going to use your sunglasses out there tomorrow? In a pinch. I, in I a don't pinch. think so. In I have pinch. used sticks and rocks, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you're a, they, those work, but sunglasses, POD. <laughs> I appreciate the multi use effort. I think it's going to work. I know it's going to work. I've done it before. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but, but we'll give it a try. We're going to give it a try. We'll take a photo. We'll put it on the Book of Faces or on Insta or something, uh-huh. and then we'll show the broken sunglasses, and we'll let no. the people be the judge of this trail tip. It's going to be great. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I think this is like the, the night Mags reviewed Oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> and we got hate mail. You know. So, please, if you break your sunglasses... You can't hold the trail show responsible. Oh, please. As but you, you can hold anything. You can hold POD do. responsible. Send all hate mail to POD at thetrailshow.delo.net. <laughs> all right. I'm, that's it. I'm cutting off uh, the tent steak music. I, I, can't, I can't live this way anymore. We're giving out, like, you know, we're reviewing oxygen. No, we're not. Duct tape. It's very useful. You have to think outside the box sometimes when you're in a pinch. You have to make it work. Next show, I'm in charge of tent steak review. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. (laughs) All right. This is the part of the show where we end the show, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank everyone for tuning in today. A big thanks to Iron Mike Unger for guesting in studio today. Have a great rest of your hike on the Colorado Trail. And come back and guest with us again anytime. And we'll see you at the gathering in a couple weeks. You will indeed. We'll bring you a trail show koozie. Great. And maybe a bakery item. Yeah, maybe something from Little the Little Red Hen. We'll see. A big thanks to Trip the Light and Mike for the, the delicious beverages for tonight's show. And also to... Chicory and Ho Ho. Chicory and Ho Ho. Big, big thanks goes to all our monthly PayPal donors and the slew of folks that recently donated to get, uh, that recently donated to get a trail show beverage koozie. You too will get... Koozie. You too will get thanks and praise and a fantastic hot off the press trail show koozie and blood orange IPA stickers for a $15 or more donation at thetrailshow.com. 
You can always find us at thetrailshow.com, on Twitter at Trail Show, on Instagram and Facebook at The Trail Show, on the Stitcher app, Google Play, and of course on iTunes. You can find us uh, individually. You know where to get us. Mike, are you blogging or Twittering or Instagramming anywhere? Can people check out any? You posting photos, anything like that? You know, I really don't. I have a Twitter account, Mike Unger PDX. Okay. Do you ever but, post uh, stuff there? Not very often, but who knows? If people start mm. following me, maybe I will. See, D'Lo has the same thing. He's got a Twitter account that he never posts. I think it was like a year and a half ago was the last post. I should get. I should hack it and then start posting things. <laughs> posting be so like, fun, like better homes and gardens. Yeah, uh, yeah. Backyard shots and all yeah, that. Yeah, pictures of tools. Another trail show has come and gone, but don't fret. We'll be back next month recording live at the Alta West Gathering in Keystone, Colorado. Register now at altawest.org and join us at the first ever gathering in Colorado. First ever, people. You could be a part of history, not even historic junk, real history. Until next month for the Princes of Darkness, Iron Mike, D'Lo, Out of Order, and Special 41, I'm Disco. Ciao. Bola pasta, bola pasta. Sunglasses, sunglasses, sunglasses. It's horrible. Tent steaks, sunglasses. It's totally going to work. It's totally going to work. It's going to be great. It's the worst tent steak recommendation I've ever heard in my life. How dare you? It's just horrible. That's it. You're sleeping on the couch. Get out of this room. Get on the trail. Get away from my closet. Freaking sunglass tent steak. What kind of BS is that? It's going to work. I bet this guy would also call it BS on it, too. This is Buck 30, and I never do trail maintenance. There might be some Nantucky cold pops or whatever they're called. It seems like long distance hikers talk about pooping and farting a lot. I'm not sure where he gets that idea. I know. So come to Vermont, there's no mice. You can roll the dice and get a bad hand. <laughs> if you know what I'm trying. You gotta fart with baggage if you know what I'm saying. All right. Look-